We're still here. We are. We are. And we are. I, I I think our beautiful bell breakers out there, they're, they're there, right? They are there, as far oh, as I know. Oh. I don't think they've all died or no. been swept up in the chaos just yet. No. I've seen some of them active on social media, so that's good. They haven't been canceled. That's cool. We haven't been canceled yet. Not yet. Not um, yet. I know my... Uh, my brother's um, podcast, The System is Down, he got like limited reach now because of stuff he's been posting. He hasn't been completely thrown really? in Facebook jail, but his reach is limited. I saw a post today. Right. And so... I, I see the, the mass exodus off Facebook, mm-hmm. the great conservative ex- exodus Facebook, of 2020. Off Twitter. Yeah. Everybody is moving over to, to par- Parler. Yeah. Parler. Or MeWe. MeWe, I guess, I, is this I new thing. I haven't yeah. checked it out. It's supposed to be... Like conservative Facebook, right? Which I've had people reach out to me, and they're like, "Hey, are you going to move over here?" And I'm like, "I, I don't think so. I, I just like giving people a hard time." Yeah, and you, on if Facebook. everybody talks about the same thing, right? I'm, yeah, you don't want to live in a bubble. I, I feel like we could still do our justice on those conservative ones because I think we piss off people on both sides. Well, that's kind of what I was, I was thinking. I'm, it's like, okay, well, I guess I can take the liberal side on parlor and MeWe there you go and take conservative side on facebook and twitter basically you just got to stay where you are and exactly. you're going to be i'll just piss more liberal off. on parlor and more conservative this on is true twitter this is true so uh we are active on parlor we're actually more active this week because the mass exodus and some other events that took place we're, we're more active on parlor than we were so um, if you did uh, decide to move over to Parlor, check us out. Um, our handle is the same as everywhere. It's um, Break the Bell Pod. So yeah, check us out. We we've been moving a lot of our conversation over there. It's not that we're not still like having conversation on the Facebook forum. I'm still I'm just kind of doubling it on Parlor. So I'm just taking a little more effort across the social media. Yeah. I kind of said screw Twitter. I I do yeah. post our episodes and stuff, but it's just not getting the any traction anyway. Right. So. Yeah. Um, otherwise, what's um, going on? Well, we welcome got... to the Break the Bell podcast. Yeah. We forgot to say welcome to the Break the Bell podcast. If you are new here, which you probably are, if you're one of one of the new people we picked up in the last couple of weeks, um, definitely go back and check out some of our other episodes. Yeah. We're all about free speech. We're all about just um, um, keeping conversation alive, keeping di- dialogue alive, because. Um, that's all right. I mean, yeah. it's for now, for now until um until they take it away. Emperor Biden takes that he away. Takes it from our dead cold hands. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, um we got a good interesting show. It's kind of kind of going a different direction than our usual because um because we've kind of been predicting that eventually, not saying just because of this election, but eventually things are going this way. Things are going to hit the fan. Shit's yeah. going to hit the fan. Yeah. Things are going to go downhill, whether it's from a pandemic, whether it's from the like civil unrest, yeah. whether it's from this election and people writing about that, or a collection of all the above, or something in the future. We decided we're going to, in the second half, we're just going to kind of scare the shit out of you, I guess, and not, not really, but um, we're just going to take a look at... Um, some steps that should be taken, I guess, or yeah, just oh, some prep steps. Some, yeah, nothing Sarah prep. Connor-ish. You know, <laughs> we're not going to ask you to prepare for Skynet, but no, but you should prepare for Skynet. Absolutely, <laughs> all the time. All Always the time. be prepared for Skynet. Yes. If you are not, you are doing yourself a disservice. Yes. Um, but no, um, we're going to look at some of the different uh, possibilities, and um, I, I guess it's just 
like risk mitigation and risk yeah. assessment and miti- mitigation and like yeah. like take a look like everybody should take a look at where they're at like what what's going on around them in the country and uh locally yeah. and just look at different scenarios of what what possibilities could be and ask yourself like am am I ready for something like this right. the majority yeah. of us probably aren't Absolutely. if you actually right. took a look at it i yeah. i'm not well, i'm not as much as i want well, to well and we you know we talked about that after the draco we we had a, a kind of come to jesus moment where we both looked at our stuff and we're like shit we're not uh we're not ready for anything but you still get to this point like 3 months later where you get back in this comfortable routine of like yeah. I, I've gone through a lot of my um, COVID supply, uh, food supplies yeah, that yeah. we stocked up on. Is time, oh, they they time say we're getting ready to do another shutdown here. So I know people so are starting to do their panic buying again. It, so. It's time, like now. Don't wait. It's time now. Yeah. Like I said, we're going to get into that in the second half. Uh, the first half, we got still more post-election news yeah. going on because, because we still don't have a clear winner yet. Yeah. According to some people, yes. some people say, "Oh, Biden obviously oh, yeah. won it." Yeah, but but you know, as we talked about, I I feel like they're they're trying to move the ball too quick into play so yeah. that nobody can call you know bullshit on it. Yeah, and, yeah. And There's still people calling bullshit on it. Oh, I know. And they're gonna they're setting themselves up. I mean, I don't know if this thing's gonna turn at all, but we'll we'll talk about that later. So, uh, yep. But uh, here locally, well, first of all, speaking of. Getting the ball rolling. Your Steelers are still undefeated. Yes, 9-0 now. Still undefeated. And they looked amazing on Sunday. That is good. Who'd they play? The, the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they had a COVID scare, too. But, uh, well, did you hear, I think it was Elon Musk, Yeah. said he yeah. tested in one nostril positive and the other right. nostril negative. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, he is superhuman, so it won't surprise right. me. Yeah. No, he, like, he, his super nostril beat it, but the other <laughs> one, well, not so much. Yeah. No, I know. So uh, yeah, the whole thing's hokey. But yeah, but but here in Iowa, we actually like what, like two hours ago. Yes, um, the governor came out and announced some new restrictions, new yeah. new COVID yeah um, steps. Yeah, so apparently you, they're really strict on anybody unless you play college and high school sports. <laughs> and professional, you can't. Oh, and professional. professional. I, yes. Yeah, zero sports unless it's high school, college, or professional yes. because. Yeah. Yeah, those make money. I mean, you exactly. You, you got to keep those. Yeah, if you're making money doing it, you're, yeah. you're not. And, at and risk the players of don't have to wear a mask, and they don't have to social distance. But everybody else does. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So there was some other ones like you're not allowed in bars after ten because you know COVID only hangs out right. in bars after that's, ten. That's when COVID hunts you down. Is yes. after ten. Yep. Can't um, sit at the bar. It that she had some like um. Indoor mask rules. Right, yeah. You can't, indoor, you can't have more than uh, 15 people meeting. Outdoor, you can have up to 30. Unless you're part of the same family. You have to wear a mask if you plan to stay around within six feet of a person for 15 minutes or more. Yes. Because COVID waits 15 minutes on you before it decides to jump on the other person. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're like um, all up in somebody's business... For 14 minutes, oh, you're yeah. good. Yeah. If you get one of those people that like to go on and go on and go on, you're you're probably going to die from COVID. Probably. I'm just put, throwing that out there. But if they're like a 10-minute talker, yeah. you're okay. Right. But even, yeah. even in like close like yeah. two inches from right. your face and, and, Yeah, even if the spittle hits you, <laughs> you're good for a couple minutes. Yeah. I mean, you got 15 minutes to wash it, right. the spittle off exactly. before it gets inside. That That's the whole point is none of the rules actually make sense. Right. Like together, right? Like I can see like them saying, "Hey, if you're going to be within six feet of your coworkers, wear a mask." But right. why within six feet of your coworkers for 15 minutes or more? Like, right. 
Why? Yeah. Like and you could pick up a virus in point one seconds of coming in contact yeah. with somebody. I have no idea. This is all a big joke. I am going to have a um, Thanksgiving protest at my family's Absolutely. house um, in Illinois, no less. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Damn. I know. Damn. I know. I'm breaking rules left and right. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I don't know what your plans are. I know. I, I'm hosting a dinner. Well, I'm having dinner. So because my, my we usually go to my in-laws house, but they're not doing Thanksgiving my this year. My in-laws, same. So we're, uh, I'm going to attempt to make my first turkey ever. So we'll see how nice. that goes. Yeah. Nice. That's I. I mean, do it right, and it'll right? turn out good. <laughs> That's my advice to you. Right? <laughs> I appreciate that. As That's a cooker deep. of that the meats, <laughs> if you do it right, it'll turn out perfect. I think every I would try time. to smoke it. Have you ever smoked I a turkey? Have. I yeah? have. It's amazing. It, yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool. Cool. Yes. Um, I'll give you some pointers on that. Okay. We should do bonus content of like cooking tips. Cooking tips. Yes. Because you made an tip. amazing smoked um, pie, mm. pecan pie with bacon. It's about that time. Oh my it's Thanksgiving gosh. time. Pies are coming back out. Yes. It was smoked bourbon bacon pecan pie. Yes. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, and I brought one to the office and we all enjoyed it. We I did. think we ate the whole pie in we one did. sitting. Yes. Yeah. So, well, enough of that. <laughs> um, we're going to get right into this episode. Like I said, we got some post election stuff. And then after that, we're just going to give you maybe some uh, um, prepper tips. Not that we're experts or anything. I would like to get an expert on eventually. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. But um, we're just going to give you some stuff that we found and um, stuff to just kind of look at and look into. So look forward to that in the second half. Otherwise, we're just going to jump right into this first half and just get going. Here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What, What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Okay, so much to cover every week. Every week, there's tons and tons. Twenty twenty, the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, we keep saying that, and we haven't got a good gift really yet. No, I mean personally, think good stuff has happened. This podcast happened. That's right. Oh yeah, this has been really good. But um, it'd be nice if they came back and be like, "Oh wait, 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 Sean Connery's not dead," or you know something like that. Yeah. So, but we haven't gotten anything like that. Nope we we can't get that lucky. They keep taking the good from us and giving the bad. It's true. So, yeah, there's still stuff going on. Did you know there's still stuff going on? I did not know that. That is wild stuff. Yeah. Before we get into the uh, post-election type stuff, because we know that's all still a thing. It is. Um, Still no, like, official word on who our president's going to be yet. Right. Despite Uh, what you're hearing. Um, but before that, we want to jump. We haven't jumped overseas in a couple of weeks, so we're gonna jump right to 
China. 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 Did you say China? I, I think I did say China. Like Sorry. the Freudian China. slip. Like vagina. <laughs> Man, do, you, <laughs> do you think that's what Trump's actually saying? He's just like China. He probably he's probably China. his entire life has thought that's what it is. China. <laughs> It's like, wait, 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 I want to go he's to been, China. He's been burned by so many women. He's just like, damn, China. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, so in China and Asia, says China signs a huge Asia-Pacific trade deal with 14 countries. Fourteen? There's 14 That's... countries in Asia-Pacific? I yes. thought it was just China and Japan. <laughs> And Vietnam, 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 and Korea. You can't forget Korea. No, no, no. North and South. North, yeah, yeah. But no, apparently, um, the Chinese have signed this gigantic, huge, freaking trade deal. Huge, huge. it is huge. And you think um, Trump is going to be all about this trade deal if if he is reelected? I do not. So I'm going to pull this one up. This is actually, I think this is kind of an anti-Trump deal. Yeah, yeah, just like a a screw you Trump type thing. I think that's exactly what it is. So this is from CNN, my favorite of the news sources. Woo! So this is in Hong Kong. Uh, It says China has just joined forces with more than a dozen countries across the Asia-Pacific region to sign a huge free trade deal nearly a decade in the making. The the regional comprehensive economic partnership spans 15 countries and 2.2 billion people. So, like, what is is it? Like, 2.0 billion is all of China? (laughs) And then another (laughs) 0.2 billion? Right. (laughs) That is huge, though. Or nearly 30% of the world's population is on board with us. That's insane. That is insanity right there. Wow. According to a joint statement released by the nations on Sunday when the deal was signed, their combined GDP totals roughly $26 trillion or about the, the U.S. deficit, yeah. and they account for nearly 28% of global trade based on 2019 data. You think that uh, $26 trillion GDP is what the United States owes to the Asian, right. like yeah. China. And that's probably exactly what it is. That's it's, what, probably, it's probably not an accident that that's the number that they chose. Because mm. what is our, our deficit? It's got to be like $23 trillion or something. Uh, like that. Yeah, it's 23 24 or something like that. It's pretty damn close. Yeah. The deal includes several of the region's heaviest economic hitters, aside from China, <laughs> including Japan and South Korea. There you go. See the three right there we talked about. Yep. Yep. New Zealand... New Zealand and Australia are also partners, as are Indonesia, Thailand, and Vietnam in Southeast Asia. So it's all a, the ones we talked about really are right there. interesting that New Zealand, Japan, and Australia would enter a trade deal with China. It is. It is. Because wasn't uh, Japan like building up their military for the to, first time? Yeah, in, like, and so was Australia. They were years. both accusing China of the whole COVID mess. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and Thailand. Thing. And Thailand actually has, has threatened... Uh, Action against China. Hmm. So, the trade agreement was first proposed in 2012 as a way to create one of the world's largest free trade zones. It's, a, it's tough to gauge the immediate economic significance of the deal. It's not that tough when you look at the 30% of the population, $26 trillion. Yeah. It's not tough to gauge the significance. No. It might be tough to gauge the overall impact, but the significance, that's pretty significant. Yeah. The members of the association 
of Southeast Asian nations, a group of 10 countries that signed the agreement said that it would eliminate tariffs and quotas on 65% of the goods that are traded in the region. And there's the middle finger to Trump. Yeah, <laughs> which that's 65% of the goods. That's not all the goods, though. No, so no, no. Still yeah. making, uh, there is, but that's tariffs. still significant. The partner countries also noted the importance of the agreement as the world tries to recover from the coronavirus pandemic, saying in a joint statement that the deal will play an important role in building the region's resilience through inclusive and substantial post-pandemic economic recovery process. So they're saying it's to kind of recover from all the economic fallout right. from the pandemic. Which makes sense. Its symbolic value has always exceeded its actual value, <laughs> said William Reinsch. Reinsch? Reinsch. Reinsch. A trade expert at the Center for Strategic and International Studies who served for 15 years as president of the National Foreign Trade Council. Hmm. He pointed out that India opted out of the deal late last year, lessening the importance of the agreement in terms of actual Could you imagine trade. if they had India? Holy crap. Oh, that would be like 80%. What? <laughs> it would be like probably 40%. Yeah. yeah that would be most. Reinsch said, though, that the agreement could have consequences in the long term and added that China's involvement is a sign of its willingness to play a constructive role despite its aggressive actions in the South China Sea. Hong Kong and elsewhere. So they're saying this is like an actually a constructive step for China when they've been so aggressive hmm. lately and all those other things you just mentioned. Right. China and Australia, for example, have been caught up in, in trade disputes lately, but that hasn't stopped them from pressing ahead with the RCEP. Both countries see huge benefits from their deeper economic integration with other Asian countries, said Murray Hybart, senior associate you, of South. You, you see that RCEP, and that reminds me of that. Yeah, RCEP. That's what it means to me. No, that's R E S. I know, I know. C P. It's sort of that's what Q W S R. Respect. Exactly. Uh I don't think you're supposed to discriminate against them. <laughs> the RCEP could potentially provide Beijing and Canberra another platform where they could discuss and hammer out their differences. I don't know what Canberra is. I'm guessing um, it's probably because they're talking about China and Australia, so maybe it's some place in Australia. I don't know. Because yeah, it was talking about both countries see huge benefits in the sentence before that. After they just talked about China and Australia. Other notes that the deal was further evidence of Asia's growing power. Canberra is the capital of Australia. Did there you know you. that? I didn't. I thought I it was like not. Sydney or something. That's what I thought. Others noted that the deal was further evidence of Asia's growing power. Economists at HSBC said Sunday that the agreement signals that Asia keeps pushing ahead with trade liberalization, even as other regions have become more skeptical. What other regions are they referring to? <laughs> hint, hint. America. Right. Trump. Um, it says, may reinforce a trend that's been already underway for decades that the global center of economic gravity keeps pushing relentlessly to the east so they are joining forces because we've said that this buildup in um like like the chinese power like as far as like the un and things like that yeah has been increasing so if they form this massive trade alliance how powerful are they going to be Compared to, like, say, the United right. States, that's more nationalizing well, as of the right. last four years. I was going to say, because America has pulled out of a number of 
trade agreements right. as of late, and you know whether you think it's good or bad, again it creates a, a natural vacuum that China seems to be slipping back into. Yeah, and with um, I mean China alone was um kind of filling that void, but with this like gigantic trade agreement with fifteen mm-hmm. or fourteen other countries, I mean that's just gonna be like superpower. Yeah. So yeah, big time. So there's that going on. Um, it says whether it means a shift in the regional dynamic in favor of China depends on the U.S. response. Wright said of the new trade deal, he pointed to the importance of the election of Joe Biden, who will succeed President Trump in January, maybe supposedly. If the U.S. continues to ignore or bully the countries there, the influence pendulum will swing towards China. He added, if Biden has a credible plan to restore the U.S. presence and influence in the region, then the pendulum could swing back our way. So like I said, power is shifting towards mm-hmm. Eastern Asia. Yeah. And they're hoping Biden is the one to save us from that and pull us back to being the superpower that we should be. But that just means us getting back involved in wars, getting back involved mm-hmm. in oil, getting back involved in which well, I mean we're still involved I mean, in that stuff, but we haven't been from pushing. Looking at what uh, you know, Biden who he's been adding to his cabinet and his, his advisors has been a number of industrial militarized um complex no way. guys these war hawks you know and these oil guys so you know he's just wanting to push towards business as usual i was gonna say back to business as yep. usual which is what we anticipated anyway yeah, right especially when people like george w and people like that come back come out and mm-hmm. um say how good biden's going to be for the country yeah um if if the bushes are on board with you then um you know which way you swing when it comes to <laughs> right in industrialization or the industrial military complex and yeah. things of that nature and oil in particular because mm-hmm. the bush has made their whole fortune on oil oh yeah i mean that's all all it was um and maybe getting paid by the cia to like i don't know murder jfk i don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's out there but i'm not a conspiracy theorist no not at all <laughs> um let's move back over here because um as we know Donald Trump has been fighting tooth and nail to reverse the election uh, results, which, as we keep mentioning over and over, all the mainstream news sources are saying that Biden won it. He's the winner. Facebook yep. saying every time you post anything that refers to the oh, election, yeah. you get that little thing yep. underneath that's like, view um, the, the, the election, election results, results. Yeah. and it, it'll it's quick to correct you and be like, actually, oh, yeah. actually. Actually, yeah. Biden won. Look at our results. Yeah. We have it right, right here. Yeah. And they even list, if you look up Donald Trump on Facebook, it just says candidate. So it doesn't even say he was president. <laughs> doesn't even president. say president. He's right. Newsflash. What's your newsflash? You've posted this a couple times yeah, on Facebook. Yeah. Just so to I, ruffle feathers. I, yes. <laughs> I've gotten the habit of just posting a daily reminder to people that uh, today is November 16th and... Donald Trump is still your president. It's true. He's yeah. not a candidate. He is still yeah. your president for at least another two months. Yeah. Or a month and some change. Right. Until, yeah, until, yeah, until they inaugurate Biden. Mm-hmm. And again, results aren't official yet. Yeah. What the media says has nothing to do with what the actual results are. Even, so. even if the results were official, newsflash, Trump <laughs> is still right. your president. Whether you like it or not, yeah. just like in come January or February, if Biden is inaugurated and doesn't die before then, he will be our president too, whether yeah. we like it or not. That yeah. sucks. I'm sorry. You can scream 
on this other side, not my president, just right. like um, they did the, for the left did for Trump for yeah. four years. You can say it all you want. He's your yeah. president. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> but again, Trump is still the president. But he is spending a lot of his time with, I'm sure, Rudy Giuliani fighting yeah. tooth and nail to get these uh, results overturned. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of activity going on there. Yeah, apparently... Some of his bigger fights have been in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and some of those other states, the the battleground states we talked about last week. Right. Um, but according to DW.com, whatever the hell that is, um, it says uh, Pennsylvania Mich- and Michigan courts rejected Donald Trump's election fraud cases. Couldn't you imagine a blue state rejecting no not his, at all his, his claims especially michigan his i mean doesn't the governor of michigan i thought her and trump were besties yes yeah they are they like uh go play golf together <laughs> so this article says federal and state courts in pennsylvania and michigan have rejected more lawsuits alleging voter fraud in the u.s election joe biden comfortably won this month's poll but incumbent donald trump has refused to concede he comfortably won? That's what it says. Wow. He, comfortably won. Comfortably won. Nice. Courts in the U.S. states, Pennsylvania and Michigan, on Friday denied more attempts. I already read that. I don't know why they have to repeat it. Uh, by Republicans and supporters of U.S. of US Donald Trump. I don't know why it says of U.S. Donald Trump. I think this, this must is, be from this another is country. Yeah, this oh, okay. is a German. So they have to put U.S. at the beginning of everything, apparently. Yes to change the results of this month's election. A Pennsylvania federal uh, appeals court rejected an effort to block thousands of mail-in votes, while a court in Michigan declined a request to stop the certification of election votes in Detroit. In his bid for a second term, Trump lost to former Vice President Joe Biden in the November 3rd poll, but has repeatedly and baselessly alleged voter fraud. Baselessly, I mean... We looked at some of the the, the right. theories last week, and yeah. it did look at least a little fishy. A lot a little bit. of things, yeah, collectively, a little fishy in a lot of different areas equals a lot of fishiness. Yeah. The U.S. president has refused to concede the election, as is tradition of the losing candidate. And in a tweet Friday, said this election was rigged. That's that's tradition of the losing candidate to refuse to concede. Uh, no, I think I think that oh. it's tradition that he does concede. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was gonna say I don't ever remember that happening. <laughs> Twitter labeled the tweet disputed, as there is no evidence of fraud in the U.S. presidential election. Uh, it says the court rulings came as social media made final projections for the presidential election. Trump was declared winner of North Carolina on Friday, while U.S. media has projected Biden as the winner of Georgia. Those results would give Biden 306 electoral votes and Trump 232. So, I mean, that, that's a big spread. It is, yes. But when you look at the contesting states, there's a lot right. of votes there. Yeah. A lot of um, yeah. electoral votes. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania courts reject attempt to block mail-in votes. Federal appeals court in Pennsylvania has blocked an effort led by a Republican congressional candidate to throw out 9,300 mail-in votes that arrived after Election Day, but within the period allowed by state law. The ruling involves a decision by the state's Supreme Court to allow for mail-in votes to be counted on November 6, three days after polling stations in the state closed. Um, it goes on to say, U.S. Circuit Court Judge Brooks Smith 
one of three judges on the panel cited noted the unprecedented unprecedented challenges the word of 2020 yep the country has faced this year especially the vast disruption that is the coronavirus pandemic the court sought to uphold a proposition indisputable in our democratic process that the lawfully cast vote of every citizen must count smith said biden won pennsylvania by an estimated 62,000 votes. That's not very much at all. Out of 6.8 million. So that's like 1%. Yeah. The Trump campaign and its Republican surrogates have filed 15 legal challenges in Pennsylvania contesting the results. Um, an effort by Trump supporters in Michigan to change the state's election result also fell short. A state court denied the request to block the certification of votes and appoint an independent auditor in Detroit. I mean, what would be the problem with appointing right. an independent auditor? It's not saying he's like, not saying, hey, let me send my guy. Right, yeah. My guy, uh, he counts the yeah. best votes. He counts <laughs> let, him the let, best. Let Rudy count them. Yeah. No, he. they're just wanting an independent auditor to take a look. Yeah. To say, hey, something looks weird. Let's right. have somebody take a look at this. Right. And they're blocking that. Yeah. Saying, it nah, sound, sounds nah. legitimate to me. It's like if there's no issue, let them count. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst that could come of it? Exactly. Um your votes get overturned because they were yeah. wrong. Results in Wayne County, in which Motor City lies, heavily favored Biden. The lawsuit alleged fraud and voting irregularities in the county, which it denies. Of course, of course, they're going to deny. All right? It. Yeah. Um. Um. I think there is a voter fraud there. And like, <laughs> oh, oh, you, you know what? You're right. We did have voter fraud here. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. Here's your votes back. Right. Exactly. Obviously, they're going to deny it. Yeah. Either way, they're going to deny it. Whether yeah. it did happen or didn't happen, they're going to deny it. Chief Justice Timothy Kenney of the Third Judicial Court of Michigan rejected those allegations, saying in his ruling that the plaintiff's interpretation of events is incorrect and not credible. It would be an unprecedented exercise. <laughs> they they got to keep throwing that word. Of judicial activism for this court to stop the certi certification process of the Wayne County Board canvassers. Biden won by nearly 150,000 votes in Michigan, a state in which Trump was victorious in 2016. I was not aware of that. Michigan is set to certify its election results November 23rd. That is it for this. So, yes, these are the two hotspot big. Um, court cases that trump's opened up yeah. he's trying in other states yeah he's gonna end up going uh i think arizona and georgia he's looking at, at going after as well well you had sent me one i'm not gonna read it because we got don't have a lot of time no yeah but well, he's looking at recount in wisconsin yeah and wisconsin told him it's gonna cost him 7.9 million dollars to recount yeah. so um they're the basically a big fuck you yeah Right. The Trump has until 5 p.m. on Wednesday to request a recount, which would begin Thursday and would need to be finished by December 1st. Um, he lost the election by roughly six tenths of a point. That's close. Wow. Yeah. And state law permits a recount if a losing candidate is within one point, which he is. But candidates must pay for recounts if the margin of difference is more than 0.25 points. Okay. The cost estimate was derived from information uh, by 72 counties of the state. The total cost would, uh, let's see, would quadruple what the state's recount cost was in 2016. So they basically just jacked it up. <laughs> exactly. Saying, <"Pay>, <laughs> put your money where your mouth is, bitch. Yeah. 
Um, as of midday Monday, 68 of 72 counties had completed certification of the vote. Those results, which include provisional ballots that were counted after Election Day, show that Biden picked up 122 votes and Trump gained 107 statewide so far. The net gain was 15 for Biden. That's that's still close. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It says Trump would obtain a refund for the outlay of the recount if the current estimate is too high. Uh, in 2016, Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein asked for a recount paid $3.5 million. Holy crap. Why would she do that? I don't know. It's like she was going to win green Wisconsin? Par- <laughs> green Party? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, um, I. it says I got... Point zero one percent. I believe I got point zero two percent of the vote. So can wow. you recount? Wow. Good thing she wasn't president. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's wow. lack of common sense right there. Yeah. So um, that that's sounds like throwing it's be... all your all your chips in uh, on a little bit. Like... Yeah. Oh wow. So basically, you know, you got Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and they're all um, they're all stonewalling in their own way. Oh, obviously. So, so what's going to come down to Supreme Court? It's going to have to go to Supreme Court, and it's going to come down to ACB. And if she rules in honor of Trump, look out. Yeah, yeah, this could be interesting. It could be civil disruption, civil <laughs> breakdown on steroids. Yeah, which we're going to talk about because, like, like I said before, I think it's going to be a cleaner. Break if freaking Biden just takes it. No, as no, much I as agree. I don't, no, want I agree him to, Yeah, I think there's going to be less yeah. of a of an eruption and a breakdown than if it turns around and Trump uh, flips it. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's just going to be Trump stole the election, completely right. stole the election. Well, and a big reason, you know, for that is that yeah, Biden may take the presidency, but as we'll see, you know, he did not get the Senate. Yeah, and the Democrats lost. Big time in the house. Yeah. So yeah. they lost a lot of seats. Yeah. And um we're gonna talk about that in just a second. Of uh, I feel, and it's pretty obvious, minus the presidency, they seem to be pretty set that uh Biden won. But everything yeah. else, the Democrats are like scared shitless. Oh yeah. I mean they're and they they're should losing be. their minds. Yeah, Absolutely. like you said, they lost seats in the house. They didn't gain any more yeah. seats in in the Senate. I don't know. Did they lose seats in the Senate? Um, I don't think or they. Did it just stay I think much it pretty much stayed the same. So I know that. Uh, I mean, before the election, Pelosi was saying this was this was a mandate against Trump. Yeah. A mandate against the Republicans. It was going to be a blue sweep all the way across, and uh, they were gonna they were gonna set it up so that there wouldn't be another Republican leadership for another twenty five years. And that didn't happen. None of it all. happened. So. But I, let's just keep talking about that i was going to move into something else but we're already on that subject sure. so um i mean california in itself had uh democrat seats turn red yeah that's california yeah that's insane yeah <laughs> um that that says something when california is um turning away right uh the walk away movement um uh, but this article is talking about um house democrats specifically like nancy pelosi types are asking members to not um, except Joe Biden administration uh, positions like on his cabinet or anything like that. So members of the House, Democrats of the House, if they're offered a position in his uh, cabinet or any any position in his administration, they're asking them not to because they're in fear of what will happen if they oh, yeah. lose one of those seats. Like, say, um, AOC 
for whatever reason, <laughs> is offered a seat on the cabinet. Yeah. She's like the Department reason. of Homeland Security or oh something. God. Like oh, God. <laughs> well, then they got a vote to put somebody back in her seat. Right. And they're down to the wire of closeness because they, they're down to what, like plus eight in the House yeah, now? Yeah, I think so. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> For the first time probably in history, they're saying, hey, don't take those uh, lucrative <laughs> yeah. positions because um, we can't afford to lose you. <laughs> yeah, right. And w th this is so close now that we're not even sure that our own states, our own blue states are going to vote back in a blue uh, 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 representative. That's crazy. So this article says, even though President Donald Trump is pursuing legal challenges to the election results, House Democrats are preparing for a Joe Biden administration. By urging members not to join his team. That's how they're preparing for it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Worrying that too many lost members could cost the party its majority. The New York Post reported that House leaders, including uh, Nancy Pelosi, are asking members to stay out of the incoming Biden administration for fear that Republicans could pick up the vacated seats. Sources told Outlet Sunday that Pelosi and Majority Leader Staney Hoyer Yes. From Maryland? Steny Hoyer. Steny Hoyer. Are both trying to keep their fragile majority by discouraging members from jumping ship to join Biden. So they're so sure that they're going to sweep it. And now they're to the point where they're right. like, we don't even know if we can keep what we have right. if you leave us. Don't. Please don't <laughs> yeah. leave us. Don't leave us. <laughs> the outlet was also told Hoyer was prodding members into staying in the House, going so far as to tell the Biden transition team to leave his members alone. <laughs> No, leave him Can alone. Can you imagine telling the incoming president, you know what, go somewhere else. No, we don't, <laughs> we no. don't want your kind here. No, go away. <laughs> you can't have them. Um, so they can keep the majority. The feeling is, don't make rash decisions about going to the administration without first considering consequences to the caucus. Democratic insider familiar with the call said, a previously reported list of potential members of a Biden administration contained the names of 20 House members 10 of whom would be Democrats. And they have how much of a lead? Eight. Eight. So he takes 10 Democrats. Yeah. And then all of a sudden their states decide on um, Republican. That's how unsure they are. They're just not sure that they would get somebody that yeah. could hold that spot on in their own party. Uh, so that's about all there is to that story. But yeah. Like I said, they're they're not even confident in themselves. When when what six months ago, three months ago, they were sure. Oh yeah, that it was going. They were going to sweep. Oh yeah, all all the polling evidence said that yeah, it was going to be a a blue tidal wave. They were going to completely sweep the Senate, the House. Now they're not even sure who to send up to Biden's administration. <laughs> right. Like go go pull Republicans, okay? Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we we don't want that. Yeah. So yeah, that. There's that. And then I got this article that says, this, this sounds funny, but I'll tell you why. I'm not going to read the whole article of this one, but it says Democrats keep winning the popular vote, and that worries them. The Democrats are just worried about everything. Right. Why, why wouldn't they? So I think the first paragraph sums this up. It says Democrats won the popular vote in this year's presidential election, yet again marking seven out of eight straight presidential elections that the party has reached that milestone. For some Democrats, that's worrisome. President-elect Joe Biden has so far won 50.8% of the vote compared to 47.4% who voted for President Donald Trump. 
a 5 million vote advantage that is likely to grow as Democratic bastions like California and New York continue to count ballots. Biden's 77.5 million votes to date are the most for any winning candidate. <laughs> is that hard to believe for you? Yes, that's you impossible have, like, for me to Superman, believe. You have, like, Superman, Barack Obama, right. and yet, yeah, guy who can't even, like, He doesn't think. even know what he's he running for think. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't even know what decade it is half the time. Well, and, and, Gets higher percentage yeah. vote and, than and Obama. People from all walks of life who typically vote Democrat weren't even sure about him. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I know a number of people, they don't want to be named, they don't want to be out it, but they voted for Trump rather than for Biden because of their lack of confidence in him and the, the whole shadiness of, of it all. Yeah. So... Yeah, and it also says Trump's 72.3 million also set set a high watermark for a losing one. So he he hit high numbers, like yeah. record high numbers for a losing candidate too. So, yeah. yeah, record people have to vote, I guess. What alarms many Democrats is a growing gap between their popular vote tallies and their political power. Democrats may be winning over more supporters, but as long as those votes are clustered on the coasts or in cities and suburbs, they won't deliver the congressional victories the party needs to enact its policies. So, surprise, every state has two senators. So, yeah. whether or not they're all clustered, all the Democrats are clustered Chicago to um, California and New York, that doesn't increase their senators. They're right. still getting two senators per those three states. Say... The vast majority is in those three cities. Right. That's only six senators you mm -hmm. get out of all that. So they're worried that because they're so clustered, they don't have the political power for right. the amount of people that they have that they're supposed to be um, yeah. <laughs> supporting or having the favor of. Yeah. So I don't know what what's your opinion of that because, um, I mean, a lot of people on the left obviously think that's probably bullshit that look, oh, yeah. there's such a high percentage of people here yet we only have our two senators well and i mean it's just democrats in the in the midwest even are going to be different from democrats on the coast yeah you know they're not going to be you know and then you have that that far left you know that 10 percent or so where it's like defund the police yeah. you know yeah, yeah. um antifa blm you know, that group, which just does not jibe in the Midwest. And right. it has nothing to do with race or anything like that. It's the fact that they're more Kennedy Democrats. Yeah. You know, they're more of your traditional, you know, they, they, they're they not, I mean, they, they're big on like, you know, they're, they're not like big, like socialist type, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, social Democrat or whatever. So. Right. Yeah. Um, so they just speak a different language. Yeah. You know? So, I mean. I guess that's, I mean, we had looked at uh, possible solutions that people are throwing around of splitting up like California, right. which would give them, if you split it into three ways, that gives them six senators on the oh, coast. Yeah. Or if you separate Illinois from Chicago right. or like New York City from New York. Yeah. But yeah. then, but then what you got to realize then is you also having the potential uh, because the rest of New York. Is Republican. If you right. look at the map, it's all red oh, yeah. except for like around the city. So right. if you split up New York, yes, you're adding two more senators, but you're also adding the potential of two Republican senators. Right. 
Yeah. So I think New York would probably be in their best interest to just stay New York because right. you know they're going to be a blue state because yeah. of New York City. So they're just going to have their two Democratic yeah. senators. The only places they would want to split up are places like on the coast, the West Coast, where it's probably pretty blatantly liberal across right. the board. So that way they know they're go they're getting the extra Democrat well, and but And it's good that they're realizing this because, you know, one of their big enemies they feel like they've had to con uh, combat is the Electoral College. Yeah. yeah. And by seeing that, you know, okay, even if we do away with the Electoral College, you're not gaining political power. Right. So, you know, I, I think that's good that they they realize that. It's like, how, how did they fix that, though? Like I said, besides well, splitting up their states. To, right, either split up the states or, I mean, Democratic Party is going to have to mediate their, their views more. Yeah, so. yeah, meet more in the middle. And right. Because I, I do believe that there's probably people in these other states that are more liberal, like traditional right. liberal. Yeah. But they're not like far left-leaning um like you said, socialists or, right. or what have you, the AOC types or the right. Gavin Newsom types or people like that. So, um, yeah. and, and again, you know, it amazes me, you know, these people, these, you know, New York city people that would are okay with Cuomo putting in these, you know, but they're going to call Donald Trump a fascist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, calling Donald Trump a fascist, um, Obama delivered. Obama's talking again because Obama doesn't stop talking. He's no. like the he's kind of like the um, what's that kid's name from that school shooting? Hog, David oh, Hogg. Yeah. Guy that never yes. went away. Yeah. Yeah. Obama never goes away. And no. Obama, I think, is a good part of why if Biden does win, why Biden won it is because Obama oh, campaigned I, for him absolutely. like the entire time. Oh, I, I'm convinced. More than Biden campaigned. Absolutely. Well, and I'm still convinced Obama handpicked Kamala Harris to oh, be yeah. the VP. Oh, so, I betcha. To be the next Obama. Yeah. So this says, Obama compares Trump to a dictator during an interview and gets slammed online for hypocrisy. Go figure, Obama with hypocrisy. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this um, article here says, here, I'll let you see Obama's evil face that they decided to post on the oh, yeah. cover of this. Ooh, those are some dark guys. I know, I know. Former President Barack Obama compared President Donald Trump to a dictator during a 60 Minutes interview that aired Sunday. That's why he keeps talking. People keep inviting him on for <laughs> right? interviews. That aired Sunday and was subsequently slammed on social media for hypocrisy of his statements given things that he did while he was president. He says, um, I think there has been this sense over the last several years that literally anything goes and is justified in order to get power. Hmm. <laughs> the hi hypocrisy starts right there, I yep. think. Yeah. And that's not, that's not unique to the United States. There are strong men and dictators around the world who need that. I can do anything to stay in power. I can kill people. I can throw them in jail. I can run phony elections. I can suppress journalists. Hmm. But that's not where we're supposed to be, he added. And no one of the signals I think that Joe Biden and and one of the signals I think that Joe Biden needs to send the world is that no, these values that we preached and we believed and subscribed in, we still believe. Obama has been accused of nearly everything that he mentioned regarding dictator dictate dictatorial behavior from spying on journalists to killing scores of civilians in drone strikes. 
Republican National Committee Rapid Response Director. That's quite a freaking title. Right. What makes a rapid response? Yeah. Republican National Committee Rapid Response Director, not just the normal response director. Steve Guest shared a video of Obama's comments on social media, writing, Unhinged Barack Obama, who droned weddings and targeted journalists, compares at real Donald Trump to a dictator who thinks, I can kill people, I can throw them in jail, I can suppress journalists. Uh, it says, Zaid Jelani, a former left-wing journalist, shared a link to a Washington Post story from 2014 about an allegation that he made against Obama's administration. Obama is against suppressing journalists, uh, Jelani wrote, a welcome evolution. In the article, the author wrote... And he's a left-wing journalist? He's a former left-wing journalist. Oh, he's no longer left-wing. Apparently. Um, or he's no longer... A journalist, one of the two. <laughs> exactly, which is he's former I of. I don't know. It's or important both. information. In the article, the author wrote, blogger Zaid Jelani has a post claiming that when he worked for the Think Progress at the Center for American Progress Action Fund, he was pressured to tow the White House line, even when that conflicted with the position his organization was supposedly advancing. Says Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton added, um, Obama's unhinged attack on Donald Trump should erase any doubt about his knowing role in the treacherous and seditious spying and targeting of Trump and other innocents in the Trump world. 60 Minutes host Scott Pelley later talked about the political division in the country during the interview, saying, Mr. Obama blames gridlock on, on uh, something old and something new. The Senate's filibuster tradition, which allows whatever party is in the majority to block legislation minority. and non-traditional minority to block legislation and non-traditional media. It's an important tradition. It I is, mean, it, really it helps equalize the house. Yeah. Yeah, they're against it until they're no longer the right. majority exactly. and then they're pro for it again. The media landscape has changed <clears throat> and as a consequence voters' perception have changed. So that I think Democratic and Republican voters have become much more partisan, Obama claimed. I would often hear this from Republicans during my presidency. Some of these folks have been uh, colleagues of mine. I served in the, in the Senate. Some of them were friends of mine, and they would confess to me and say, Look, Mr. President, I know you're right. Oh, God. But if I vote with you on this, I'm going to get killed. I'll lose my seat. Because what had happened in their voter base had soaked in so much information that was demonizing me, demonizing the Affordable Care Act, that it becomes very difficult, even for folks who want to cooperate, to cooperate. Oh, so even for folks who want to cooperate, to cooperate. And that's why I'm somebody who does not blame the current partisanship solely on Donald Trump or solely on social media. You already saw some of these trends taking place early in my presidency. But I do think they've kept on getting worse. And that's not a Republican thing. No, no. You see, like, good things that, um, well, quote-unquote good things that Trump tried to push through. Right. They just would say, no, no, we're not going to do it because um, it's yeah. a Republican president saying right. this. However, when Obama was a senator from Illinois, he did not have a problem with the filibuster saying that any notion of eliminating it was more about power than about fairness. Oh, so um, right. when they were minority, yeah. like I said, he says, oh, no, it's it, it, this is a fairness thing. 
Obama has recently come out and said that Democrats should eliminate the filibuster because it is it's racist. racist. It's racist. How is that racist? Oh, God. Everything is racist now, even the filibuster. I believe some of my colleagues propose this rule change because they can get away with it rather than because they know it is good for our democracy. Obama said in 2005, if the right of free and open debate is taken away from the minority party and the millions of Americans who ask us to be their voice, I fear the partisan atmosphere in Washington will be poisoned to the point where no one will be able to agree on anything. So it's just him talking out his ass yes. because he's saying this thing is bad when the Republicans are doing it. Right. But back when he was in Senate, he was all for it and all these things. When he was president... He's bombing the shit out of other countries mm -hmm. and hospitals and stuff. Um, After he was spying on journalists. Finished. He was doing right. all this. Spying on allies. Yeah, spying on Trump's campaign, which yeah. I'm pretty sure is pretty much a proven thing at this right. point. And he weaponized the IRS to go after conservative groups yes. and people that disagreed with them. Right. But but he is clearly saying in here, or, or comparing... Um, Trump to a dictator during his interview because of all the things that he has done. So, again, all that unity and healing stuff mm -hmm. that they talk about, yet all this blatant hypocrisy and bullshit is coming out, coming to light. Yeah. Um, Democrats are running scared, like I said, because they they didn't get the mega win that they wanted. And now I, I think, I feel like there's more divisiveness in the Democratic Party yeah. Than even between Democrats and Republicans, right? Because oh, Republicans absolutely. are still banding together, yeah. minus Fox News, right? Um, they're still pretty much banding together. But as soon as Biden, as soon as Biden was declared the um, president-elect, the far left came completely and was just like, "Look, you better start doing what you what you said you were going to." Right. Black Lives Matter was just like. Okay, you owe us now. Um, right. Oh yeah. What are you going to do for us? And I'm sure, I'm sure that Obama has made deals with the with Republicans too. The Republicans oh, sure. that I mean the the what was it the Transition Integrity Project? Yes. Uh, which was uh, a, a lot of Republicans that had come out anti-Trumpers. Right. So I'm sure that Biden's had to make deals with Republicans yeah. and the far far left that he owes. That, and now he owes everybody. Yeah. You know, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, how yeah. he mediates that if he actually wins. But again, like like I said, not only are they scared, but they're divided. Like, yeah, you're going to see a split faction, I think, oh, this yeah. time more than ever on the Dem Democratic oh, yeah. Party because they they kind of collectively came together to push Biden in. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're going right. to pull back apart and oh, be yeah. like, you guys are too centrist for us. Yeah. Because uh, I I think it was Bernie Sanders came out and said that this week that seventy percent of Americans want some form of socialism, basically. He's on crack. If that's the case, why didn't seventy percent of Americans vote for Biden? Right, exactly. Or vote for, well, maybe they did vote for Sanders, yeah. and <laughs> well, he just got screwed right. over like he Which, always does. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's like the Charlie <laughs> Brown of the Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Come kick the football. I promise I'll hold it here <laughs> yeah, this exactly. time. Okay, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, you know, and I think that, um, um, I, yeah, I, I think they had a common enemy in Trump. Mm -hmm. They band together to get him out. 
he's out now, and I think they're going to eat each other alive now. Yeah, yeah. I I could see it splitting into two parties. The yeah. Democratic Party splitting into two yeah. packs. And, and it's like interesting, separate parties. You know how they had said that you know the Republican Party is so fractured. It's mm-hmm. like no, not I think really. what's fractured is the Democratic Party because. Yeah. When Trump was nominated and when Trump was elected, you did see those traditional Republicans pulling kind of oh, away. Yeah. But but they did eventually come together because they knew they had to to win right. stuff, to get shit done, yeah, which yeah. they don't really get shit done. But no. to get more shit done than they're not. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see that happening in this here because no. there's two completely separate ideologies. It's not just like, oh, it's kind of Republican and more Republican. It's there are like liberal Democrats, and there are socialist Democrats, which are, I mean, they're pretty pretty far apart from each other. Right. And yeah. and um, the the squad, the AOC squad, is really quick to point out, hey, hey you're not doing what we want you to, right. and this is going to be bad for you. Right. We promise you yeah. it's going to be bad. Yeah. And so maybe that's why the, another reason the Democrats are so, like, shitting their pants oh, scared sure. is because it's like, okay, what do we do now? Now we got to bring ourselves together. Right. Yeah. Not only do we got to bring our country together, we have to bring our own yeah. party together. Right. We have to heal our party. Yeah. So it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get interesting. And finally, before like we're getting done with our our first hour here, but we did have before we get into um, some of the less political stuff and the more like personal, like how to prepare for this mess, this impending doom that is coming, <laughs> seems to be looming over our country right now. Um, you did have a story about this uh, Million MAGA March, which yeah. sounds retarded. Just the name it sounds does, retarded. Right. I know. Just the whole concept. The MAGA, um, I I get the Make America Great. Like, right. it was a good slogan. I yeah. actually think it was a good slogan. It was, Whether yeah. it, you think contribute that to racist or whatever. Right. But i just so sick of hearing MAGA, right, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. Yeah. It just sounds, like, retarded. Uh, it's Uneducated a, a white people. It's a buzzword now, you know. So, um, but yeah, so they had this million... Mega March, um, which numbers differentiate depending on the news source. Some say a couple thousand. Some say it wasn't a million. No, no, no. But there's are there are some that say that's couple tens of thousands. Yeah, which is closer to a million than a couple thousand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The one source I read was like fell far short of the million Mega March that that they uh, claimed or right. were were looking for. It was only a few roughly a few thousand, but the source you read said what, like thirty thousand? Yeah, like thirty thousand probably. So, so still um, a lot of people. So yeah, so they came to support Trump and they went to Black Lives Matter court, which is, you know, that area where right across the street from the White House. Yeah. And uh Trump drove through on his way to go play golf, waved at everybody, gave everybody a, a big high and then, um, I wish he gave him high fives. He should have. And it was a little high, by the way, because of his yeah. tiny hands. So. <laughs> he does have tiny hands. But yeah, he should have went through, like, you know, that would have been a stick in the face to, like, the the social distancing. He's like, high five to everybody. High fives. High fives. High fives. High fives. People would freak. Yeah. He's spreading corona. Yeah. Um, and so everything was fine for a while, but then Antifa and BLM decided to come in. And that's when brawls started breaking out, um, violence, um, you know, throwing bottles at each other. Molotov uh, cocktails. Right. Burn, you know, setting things on fire. And so then it, it kind of, they were trying to really pick a fight. I think yeah. they were looking to really like do their whole, you know, like shot heard across around the world type thing yeah. at that moment. Start is what the they were revolution. 
and it it made for some interesting TV, but they didn't get the whole full breakout civil no. war that they were hoping for. Yeah. So um, you think that was their intention? I, I do. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think they're really trying to push the group to you know to be be who they are. Yeah, and yeah. really break out into a total fist fight. Okay. So, but it didn't happen. Any guns? No guns. No DC guns. has pretty strict gun policy. Yeah, I'm they assuming, do. So. They do. And um, you know, and credit to you know conservatives that were there. You know, they didn't take the bait. So. Yeah. Now I did see this was a a protest in Oregon. Didn't have to do with that. It was a, a protest separate from that where they were burning American flags and yelling, uh, "Fuck you, Trump! Fuck you, Biden!" So <laughs> both um, of them, they, right? They don't like either one. <laughs> exactly. So, so like I said, um, a good majority that probably voted for Biden are probably turning around and saying, "You know what? This is bullshit." Yeah. I mean, they're far far left, I'm sure, but. Way further left than Biden or oh, Harris yeah. is, so yeah. I don't see this getting pretty at all because no. they want to make a commotion even if their supposed oh, yeah. side wins. Yeah, absolutely. So. They, they they probably feel like, you know, well, again, they're owed. There's promises there that they want kept, and they, they're looking at things getting flipped around. And well, on, on top of that, you have a bunch of crazy, I guess, far right or not even far right, like even – people like us that see the writing on the walls that are like stocking up on ammo or like, you know, waiting for something right. to happen. And, um, it's just like, it's just a kind of nerve wracking position to be in when, when things are just, it's just like the divide is there. Yeah. Something could pop off at any point and anything could cause that. And it, one little thing could spark something huge. So yeah. I'm not saying, Everybody's looking for a fight, but everyone is kind of expecting a fight. Yeah. And so when you're expecting that, man, it, our boiling point has reached its max, it, it feels like. Yeah. And so that's kind of what uh, we're going to get into in the second half is not going to talk any more about these stories or anything, but we want to talk about like if that boiling point is reached and things do get out of hand, if the shit hits the fan. Right. I posted right. a question on social media, across social media. It's like, if the shit hits the fan, do you have a plan? Right. Like, what what is your plan? For the most part, especially on Parlor, a lot of the the MAGA people obviously hang out on Parlor. But uh, the most of um, the responses I got on on that social media app was, um, I stocked up on ammo. It's like, how how far is that going to get you though? Right. Like, right. you can have a hundred thousand rounds of ammo, but if you don't know how to fucking hunt, you don't know right. how to like take care of yourself. You don't have stuff right. su supplies yeah. stocked up right you don't have soap you don't have toilet paper yeah. you know i mean you can kill everybody say you're the best sharpshooter in the world you kill everybody then right. what yeah. what happens then right so we're gonna get in the break then we'll we'll get right into that stuff so we will be right back hey everybody i just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the break the bell podcast that is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. 
Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez, at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. All right, just as we promised. We're back. We are back. We are back. Again. Not and this is going to be a fun conversation, I think, because it's just going to be more like loose, yeah, laid back conversation. I do have some articles just for some like information of things that we should be looking at, um, should be like uh, paying attention to or mm-hmm. planning for, um, you know, just having sources, just so we're not just like talking out yeah. our ass, which we primarily do anyway. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's safe to say that. Um, as a country, and that's this is the tar- the title of this article in front of me is that American society is teetering on the edge. Would you say that's safe to say? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we kind of mentioned it before. Yeah. It's like we're at a boiling point. It seems like yeah. And if things don't, in the very least, if things don't turn around, yeah, we could be pushed over the edge. And yeah. it won't take much, I don't think, to push no, us over the I edge. I mean, I you know. I didn't really pay attention to politics, you know, a lot my first 20 years of life. Yeah. Um, But I've been pretty zeroed in, you know, the last, you know, 25 years now. Mm -hmm. And um, damn, you're old. I know. Right. I know. (laughs) And uh, and yeah, I mean, in the 25 years I've paid attention, I I don't think I've ever seen um, the country. Like it is now. No, not even after like the Rodney King riots and things no, like that. No, no, I don't. I don't remember that. So yeah, I know things were at a point there, but I think it was uh, localized more. Right, right. Yeah. And for the most part, like the rest of the country is just kind of yeah. turn a blind because eye I, to I, it. And, you know, I, that was, you know, you had the riots there, but then things had relatively quieted down. You know, I mean, there were instances of brutality here and there. Right. But I think we're now on track where every time a, a a person of color gets, you know, beat up or, or shot by a police officer, there's going to be mass riots across the country. Across, countrywide, yeah. Right, and th- right. Thanks to social media, thanks yep. to the internet. Yep. Back then, you didn't have the internet and right. social media spreading yeah. that. It just came by word of right. t- television yep. or newspaper or um, what, what have you. Just yeah. information to spread so quickly now. And it's easier to organize things like that, which I think a lot of it is calculated and organized. And so, um, but this article just points out that uh, this came out in June. So when did um, um, the George Floyd thing happen? That was May. Like, uh, okay, so just after May. Right, the week before uh, Memorial Day. Okay, yep, that's right. So... Uh, this says the COVID-19 pandemic 
record unemployment and escalating social unrest are all pushing American society close to a breaking point. Like I now, said, like the perfect storm just kind of collided right. in 2020. Uh, now, when, um, so when COVID hit, for you, like, did you take any extra precautions that you hadn't taken before? That's when I started stocking food, and that's when I went out and bought my first firearm. Oh, okay. Was right, right. then, because well, I bought it with my COVID stimulus. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I remember um, that. So, yeah, that's when I first started, like, thinking, man, because we've talked for as long as we've known each other that something yeah. could set something off. So right. we should, pre I mean, we've kind of gone down the road before. I, I've been a conspiracy theorist now for three years or so. Right. So I, I, I know possibilities are out there, mm -hmm. and we've talked. And so, but when COVID hit, that was actually my first wake-up call. I was just like, right. <clears throat> I'm not nearly as prepared as I, I should be. And then the riots happened and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's just like, I'm not nearly as prepared as I should be. Yeah. And then leading into the election, it's like, this is going to get bad and I'm not nearly as prepared right. as I should be. And so, yeah, like I said, it's just this big, perfect storm. Yeah, um, no, I agree. But I, I think my mentality was actually set off with COVID. What about mm -hmm. you? I, I think yours was kind of the same, though, because you yeah. started going out and buying food. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we, I had always, um, you know, I, I have a bug out bag I keep for me and the, my family. Yeah. Um, my wife doesn't know about it. Um, she probably think you're crazy. <laughs> and she, I'm sure she would, but well, maybe not now. She's getting more on board with us. She, she is now. Yeah, she is much more now. Um, you know, but as far as like long term you know like okay we're we're like settled in you know mm -hmm. like with the the lockdowns and stuff you know i i ended up going out and buying a lot of food you mm -hmm. know um i did end up getting you know some toilet paper cleaning yeah. supplies and stuff um you know i loaded up on like ibuprofen tylenol you know different sure, medications sure. and stuff um and then um you know and then when the riot hits you know i i, I didn't really think too much about it you know i i kept my gun close yeah when i was at home um yeah. And then um, it wasn't really until, um, you know, the, like I said, the Draco hit yeah. for me. When uh, yeah, that I hit, that was, that. that was a huge wake-up call because... Because um, the communication went out. Exactly. We, our cell phones barely worked. The gas stations were swamped. Right. There you was no... Barely... Well, and you couldn't even get gas for a couple days. Yeah, and when you could, the line was yeah. wrapped down the road. And I, I remember, you know, I hit on a Monday, which is typically grocery shopping day for us. If you're not local to the Midwest, we yeah. talked about it on here, but if you're new to this, the derecho, derecho, whatever you call it, it was basically a landlocked hurricane, hurricane. Right. like our entire town. Right. It was like 135 miles per hour. I mean, just sustained for an hour. Yeah. Like 45 minutes to an hour. It too. plowed all kinds of trees. Yeah, I, I think mean, they said houses. we lost like 52% of the trees. Yes. In, yeah. So. so we lost, we lost power. We lost, um, we lost internet. We lost. Cell phone was down for a couple of days. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, um, so we ran out that night. So, I mean, first of all, yeah, I couldn't get a hold of my wife. You know, we couldn't get a hold of each other and, um, for a couple of days and, um, and then, you know, power was out. So, you know, I had cooler, but it was coming across ice was really hard. You know, we went out that night to try to get some food supplies and people weren't even selling cold stuff. Yeah. You know, so, it, you know, if you didn't have milk, you know, you, you couldn't get ice. I mean, it was crazy. And then it was uh, like, it was like basically like a drug deal finding ice. Because I remember was. one of our coworkers like, hey, this gas station has ice. And yeah. we're all like, oh, we got to get we there now. Go. Yeah. 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 
And then, like, uh, the hardware stores, they sold out of generators and chainsaws and tarps. Overnight. Or yeah. within, like, hours. Oh, yeah. And then, and then they, they shipped more in, but they had lines wrapped around the store to get them. Yeah. So it was really hard to get. And then I remember um, I was working. I ended up driving 30 minutes away and then found a whole bunch of ice and milk. But you could, they only took cash because the cards were down and stuff. Yeah. And so it was just, um, you know, it was just completely different. But it, to me, that that's what really woke me up. wake-up call, yeah. That's, and that's when you saw people's true colors, at least yeah. locally, come out. Because I, I kind of gave shit for the one guy that I saw on social media. It's like, I've been out po- without power for like eight days. He's right. like, if this goes any longer, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. And I'm... I, and I didn't have, I wasn't without power that long, but I know I could have sustained it without a mental breakdown. Right, yeah. And just to see people like that, it's just like, what if something, right. like we're going to talk about, what if something bad actually yeah. happens? This is bad. Yeah. What if something bad happens? What right. if it was winter time? Yeah. Or what if oh the grid gosh. went down yeah. for a month? Right. Or months or a year? Yeah. What are you going to do if you can't sustain eight days without power? He right. had internet. He was posting this shit right. on, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know like for me for us like yeah, we did um, you know, we tried to we wanted things to be as normal for the kids as possible. So, you know, we did, you know, bonfires in the back, you know, yep. um, you know, we, neighbors we'd grill out with, you know, and then yeah. we'd help neighbors, you know, clear their yard and stuff. We had to park 3 blocks away from our house. Yeah. Um because of the ways of the trees. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know, and I I did keep my gun with me at all times. Because, you know... You just don't know. You just don't know and who's going to take how, advantage. It's like, I'm worried about what how I'm affected by this, but I'm more worried about how other people are going to respond right. to it. Absolutely. Because people lose their damn minds. Yeah, and immediately. again, it was pitch black. I mean, mm-hmm. there was no lights whatsoever, you right. know? And, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, I try to keep constant ice in my cooler to keep, you know, what I could, you know, sure. from, you know, going bad, but... Right. Uh, we were without power for ten days, and um, and internet for I I don't even know how long. Let's look a little more on this because this talk just a little stuff that I just want to point out. Yeah. Um, it says the big picture is um, civilizations don't last forever, and when they collapse, the cause is almost always internal failure. So it's not like normally like another con- like a right. terrorist attack or another like a war or something from another country. It's usually mm-hmm. internal failure and. Look at our country. Look at how divisive we are and how some people actually are wanting this internal, like, breakdown right. yes, of are. society, of uh, democracy. Right. says, even in the midst of one of our darkest years, the U.S. still has many factors in its favor, but the fate of past soci- societies holds frightening lessons for what, the, what may lie ahead. says, if America seems like a country on the break, it very well may be. Experts who have studied the collapse of civilizations in the past warn that the U.S. is exhibiting symptoms of society and real existential peril. Um, so it says, the U.S. is at risk of a downfall over the coming decades, says Luke Kemp, a research associate at the Center of the Society of Existential Risk at the University of Cambridge. There are, all, there are early warning signals and different co- contributors to collapse are rising. Some of these factors, I'm not going to read everything it says, but it includes disease. You look at like COVID or you look at um, some of this other stuff because it talks about the plague that struck the Roman Empire. And that was a big reason for its fall, which COVID-19 isn't anything like the plague then. Mm -hmm. But um, COVID-19 
may not kill as many people, but it's affecting the economy. It's affecting our mindset. Mm -hmm. It's making people freaking lose their minds. And that alone, just the mental game of COVID, mm. I think, is going to be a major factor. Oh, I it. think so, too. Inequ people are already on their breaking point. Right. It says inequality is another factor. People talk about the, the inequality gap mm -hmm. in our country. Social unrest um, is is huge. Obviously, there's social unrest left and right here. It says President Trump's willingness to push past norms by threatening to unleash the military and what he characterizes as an effort to com combat the looting that has accompanied some protests and critics argue is a naked grab at authoritarianism, risks even greater violence. Um, it talks about entrenched division. We talk about mm -hmm. that here. It says, um, aided by the polarizing effects of social media and increasingly punctuated by real violence, threatens to cripple America in the face of external threats from the ongoing pandemic to the rise of China to the deepening tide of climate change. So talking about all these different factors that um, cause division right. with external factors out there too, external threats out there too. Not only is there the internal threats inside, but there's also um, the pandemic again. There's China, which we talked about early in the episode. Who knows what's going to happen right. there, especially when they make this pact with 15 other countries. Right. Um, and if they're not on our side, which yeah, they are not on our side, um, yeah. that well, could be bad. And, I mean, you know, China is in bed with Russia and Iran. Yeah. You know, Iran has been trying to establish some kind of base in um, Venezuela, you know, and, you know, we've already intercepted ships between the two. And um, so, you know, there there is a, a, a growing faction against the United States. Yeah. So all this to say, because this says the bottom line is the next few months could tell us whether the U.S. is ultimately on the road for new uh, renewal or ruin. So the potential is out there, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, that um, we're teetering on the edge. We're, we're on the edge of possibly collapse, possibly... Right. A civil war. I mean, there's so many possibilities that could happen if right. pushed the right direction. Right. Like we're just sitting right in that middle, in that hot spot where it's like you could fall off either side mm -hmm. and it could be really bad. Or it could, we could come together and it could be good. Absolutely. For all you know, we could come back 10 times stronger and wouldn't that piss the media off because then what are they <laughs> right. going to talk about? Exactly. They'll have to find something else. So um, the AP, the Associated Press, uh, took a poll. This was... This was recently, I think, um, June. It says 78% um, of Americans say that they're not prepared for disaster when it comes to food and water. I believe so Just those two things, food yeah. and water alone. Your two basic survival elements, 78% um, of Americans aren't prepared. Yeah. And it said a lot of this came about after the COVID, mm -hmm. everybody rushing out and that COVID scare early on, um, it says among 18 to 34 year olds, it was 88%. So even higher in like the younger millennial group. So it says, according to uh, FEMA, Americans need to have one gallon of water per person per day for at least three days at any given moment. That's a lot of water. It is. But I mean, this is just FEMA's statement when right. you get look on some of these prepper sites we've been looking on, they're oh, yeah, they talking a like more. a month, yeah. a month of water. Yeah. One gallon per person for a month. So mm -hmm. a family like mine or yours of four people, uh, for three days, you're looking at 12 gallons of water. Yeah. 
I know I I have a stock of gallons of water, maybe four or five gallons of water, right. and I'm just like, well, that that should get me by a while. Then yeah. I read just this minor number from FEMA, I'm just like, holy okay, crap! I don't even have three days worth of water. Right. Yeah, for right. my family. Yeah, it says additionally, water needs uh, can double depending on the climate. So if it's hot, obviously right. you're going to need more water. Yeah. Um, non-perishable food supplies are also important in case of an emergency. People should have a three-day supply of food. So. I mean, I could say that I have a three-day supply yeah, of food. no, I, for I sure. Think most people probably could say they have three days yeah. worth of food, unless yeah. it's like the end of the week right. before grocery yeah. day. Yeah. When asked about items above to be most important during emergencies, 71% said canned food and 70% said bottled water. I'd say probably water over the yeah, food. Yeah, I would agree. 41% thought first aid kits were among the most important, and 39% said toilet paper was one of the most essential items. <laughs> Only 39%? Yeah. <laughs> As most essential, though, over water and right. food. I know. That's insane. I, I get that it's important. You got to have You can find yeah, anything yeah. to wipe I was going to say, you with. can get magazines, leaves, <laughs> right. whatever, man. But yeah. yeah. But when it comes to You food can only and water, drink so much. Right. <laughs> so those are. I think the bare minimum is what they're saying here. Yeah. And like I said, if you're really looking at like a major collapse or mm -hmm. a major crisis, you're going to want more than three days worth of oh, water yeah. and food. Yeah. And just looking at those numbers of 12 gallons for three days, you're looking at for a month. Right. You're 120 gallons for right. yeah. your family, for my family. Yeah. I mean, that's two, three 50-gallon drums that you should have on hand. And I don't know anybody that has that kind of water on No, top. unless you're like a super prepper that's keeping like yeah. um, your water supplies, mm -hmm. like buried water barrels and stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah. I'm nowhere near that. Oh, no, me neither. I, like I said, I, I, I know I have three days worth of food. I probably could. Oh, yeah. I probably have a good two weeks worth of food. Yeah. Most no, of the time. And yeah. it, it's not good food, but right. I bet you with like top ramen yeah. and um, um, <laughs> canned food and stuff like that, I, I could survive for. Right. Yeah. A and month. I, yeah. And then when you include, you know, I have, I have things to, you know, fish with, you mm. know, things to hunt with, you know, that kind of stuff that hopefully but, prolong, you know, I can't go out and like, you know, find. I don't have the skills to find like edible leaves and no. nuts and berries yeah. and stuff, you know, yeah. but it might be a skill that you should learn though. No, absolutely. So, or even, you know, creating like a, like a, a garden for yourself, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it talks in an article about like how uh, demographically Americans prepare for things like this. And it's saying like more and more people are actually getting out and, um, prepping, not necessarily like preppers, but prepping. Um, but what was interesting to me was I had this graph of like what the different generations prepare for or mm -hmm. like spend their money on. I'm having a hard time finding it. What was interesting to me is, like I said, more and more people are preparing. Right. Surprisingly, the millennial generation is has increased their prepping more than any other generation. Really? Which was, yeah, that surprised me. Yeah. I think... I think the millennials are more skeptical. They're more skeptics. Yeah. And so I can see that. I I think they're less optimists. Yeah. And so that's probably they're they're seeing what's yeah. going on. They're like, um, no, we gotta do some no, shit about this. You know, I no, actually I, I can see that because um, you know, like you're you're millennial, uh, my mm -hmm. sister would be a millennial. And um, you know, I know she she has a pretty healthy stock of, you know, like 
you know, she likes to keep like extra like, you know, supplies. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's got like a whole shelf of like toothpaste and soap and, you know, stuff like that. You know, um, laundry soap oh, that she tries to to keep a healthy stock on in case, you know, she needs it. Sure. Yeah. So here I'm going to pull this up for you to see. So this is the generation, like how many are prepping for disaster based on generations. Okay. Um, so if you look here, if you can't see this, I'm going to try to explain it. But you have the blue, which is always has survival items on hand to like purchase survival materials because of natural disasters. Purchase survival materials due to political events, which would be like what we're looking at. Actually, we'd be somewhere between the two of these yeah. uh, natural disasters based on the derecho and then um, political events because we see the writing on the walls. Right. Or purchase survival materials only because of political events. Okay, so the green is for the people that are purchased due to political events and natural disasters. So oh, we'd okay, be in gotcha. the green right there. Yeah. And then red is doesn't spend any money on preparation. So if you're looking at Generation Z, 47% of them um, haven't spent money on preparation preparation which that's understandable that's like you're talking like teenagers right. and like yeah. early early 20s right but if you look at millennials you see um they're only 35 percent of millennials haven't spent any money on prepping but then that's impressive yeah then when you look at gen x is 46 percent baby boomers is 51 percent and the silent generation which is older than baby boomers is 52 percent that haven't spent any money hmm. so Collectively, you see that almost probably 65% of millennials have spent some kind of money on prepping. When your generation or Gen X, it's like just over 50%, it looks like. So quite a quite a big gap there. Yeah. What, what do you think that the reasoning is for that? Do you think – I could see the baby boomers kind of grew up in that like um, – Right. Not a lot – I mean – there was like the Cuban Missile Crisis and things like that, but yeah. um, they talk about like the Silent Generation always gave the millennial or not the millennial, uh, the baby boomer shit for yeah. like being like the everything handed to me yeah. type generation. And I, I can see the Silent Generation. I mean, they're the ones that that you know they would be the ones that can you know they would be the ones that preserve. Yeah, but they're they're one of they're the least prepared, but they're also. But I mean, but that they just spend the less amount of money. That yeah. doesn't mean that they're not the most least prepared. But they, they should be in this blue then. It should be always has survival items on hand in case of emergency. These ones True. here are the ones that have started purchasing recently yeah. in the middle here. The blue down here is which theirs is actually considerably higher, forty two percent versus millennials thirty four percent that have right. always had it on hand. So yes, they are higher right. in that aspect. Yeah. So because that would be like I mean, like I couldn't can. You know, I don't know how, mm. you know, I don't know how to, um, you know, do preservatives or even how to preserve meat, you know, mm. so that it, without a refrigerator, you know, I mean, those are skills I would love to learn right. that I know that if my grandmother was still alive, she did all that stuff all the right. time for fun, <laughs> you know. If you keep going though, this is what I was talking about. Um, the average spending prepping for disasters. Um, so you have put into savings, home renovations, means of evacuation, or like like a car or a boat or something like that, transportation, medical expense, donated it. How is that preparing by donating it? I don't understand why that's even on that list. Insurance. What's insurance gonna? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, buy it, extra house insurance. I guess. I mean, it did come in handy after the that, storm, yeah, but still, self defense, survival kits, and survival courses. Which I'm surprised self 
self-defense is so low on all yeah. of these. That, who who that spent purple, the most on self-defense? Uh, looks like Gen Xers spent considerably more than everyone yeah, else. We grew up with Terminator. Yeah, that makes sense. Baby Boomer spent a little bit. It looks like $237 per person. But yeah, those home renovations. That's insane. Yeah, look at home renovations for Baby Boomers. I mean, they got the money, I guess. But yeah. Like I said, my last thought is, because we live in town, my right. last thought is, hey, oh, yeah. let's stick oh. around here. Let's hunker down here right. in town. We both talked about it. Yeah. Our first thing is to get the fuck out of Dodge. If I lived out in the country, I would spend the money Oh, yeah, on. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'd have an underground bunker and all that yeah. kind of shit. But yeah, theirs is like $6,000 on average per baby boomer has spent That's on crazy. home renovations for prepping. But then you look at millennials, uh, most of them are putting it into savings, hmm. saving their money. But if it's in savings and everything goes down, right. the banks are down. Right. You're hide it under your damn mattress out. or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's if money's even good. I Gen mean, who's going to want paper cash if everything's down? Gen Xers um, spend quite a considerable amount on means of evacuation, like a car or a boat. One thing I wanted to say there, and I'll get into it a little more, is I think everybody should have on hand a four-wheel drive truck if you are really concerned about this shit. Have, yeah, absolutely. Have four-wheel drive just in case you got to go where um, you don't need roads. Where yeah. we're going, we don't need <laughs> right. roads. As, well, and I, I'll go a step beyond that. If you're if you're serious into it, you know, you'd want a four-wheel drive probably built before 1980, something yeah. without a computer or, or electronics uh, in, in case, case there is. EMP or something like right, that. Right, you can still get out of Dodge. The less computer, the better, exactly. but no computer would be amazing, especially yeah. if you had a little bit of, um, mechanical knowledge, which I don't have a lot of, so no. that sucks. So, yeah, that's just to look at what what uh, how people are prepping for stuff like this. I mean, I yeah. think people are starting to take it a little more seriously. It seems. Yeah, I think this year has really prepared people. I mean, just kind of give it, put it in people's minds, which is one of the reasons I've always said that you know, 2020 is just the precursor for 2021. Well, <laughs> don't say that. You take that back. So, you know, I think it was just kind of a little little poke, be like, hey, 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 yeah. pay attention. Right. So this was the main article I wanted to to dig into. This is called, let me get back to the top. It's Prepper Risk Assessment. And what risk assessment is, it's basically like looking at all the possibilities that could happen. When, when I was in the military, we had to do this thing. It was called... Um, um, ORM, operational risk management. So right. you, any, any like thing that you're going to do, whether it's like a, an op or even like you're going out on town on leave, you had right. like, they expect you felt this or this operational risk management. You had to like assess all the risks of where you're going and then say how, like what level of risk this would be. Usually mine, like I didn't do a lot. Mm -hmm. on leave it's going to be like low risk but you had to say like how you'd mitigate stuff like that like mm -hmm. if you're running out of gas or or like one of the steps was always like having extra cash on hand or something like right. that but it's basically assessing all the possibilities and then saying how you're going to mitigate these risks how you're going to take it from hey this is potentially high risk how do we bring this down to less risk and so this is prepper risk assessment threats uh you should prepare be prepared to survive so this goes through a bunch of different scenarios that I'm not going to cover all of them. I will post this these links in the sh uh, show notes so you can go through some of them because it covers like earthquakes. It covers um, 
like floods and mudslides, things that we're not going to really experience right. much of here, or it's not necessarily what I want to yeah. cover in today's right. episode. Which we could have an earthquake. We could. We could, but that's not what I'm most worried about yeah, right no, now. Yeah, I know. So, and then there are links in this article to, like, how how to, like, store water, how to create an emergency kit. So there's all kinds of links within this link. So this That's is cool. this is a good um, resource to have. Mm-hmm. So this will be uh, posted in the show notes for all of you to, to check out. But it, it talks first about the basic necessities of survival, which we talked about at the beginning mm-hmm. of this hour, I guess. It says, survival requires only a few basic necessities, shelter, clothing, f- uh, food, water, and fuel, which... I never even like considered fuel as one of those necessities, but right. if you are looking to get out of Dodge, you better right. have some fuel on well, hand. Well, and some, one of the things that I hear a lot of preppers say is if you have a half tank of gas, you basically have no gas. Mm. So, and we've talked about because we have, right. we, we, but after the derecho, we've really considered this. And like right before the election, like we drive work vans, we have vans for our work that mm-hmm. are either parked at our house or at our work. I'm like, always keep your work van filled up because if shit hits the fan, we can go siphon the gas out of the work vans. (laughs) Right, exactly. So keep your personal vehicles filled up, and if you have a work vehicle, keep them filled up because then you can go. And our boss, if he's listening to this, he's like, they're going to steal my fuel? What? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and I've really tried to, uh, you know, put on my wife and I myself have, you know, tried to keep at least three quarters of a tank gas, you know, since, since the election. So Right. So it says, once you have these basics covered, I'll pull this up so you can all see it. Once you have these basics covered, the individual risk requires only a bit of tweaking. So if you have all these, your basic survival necessities, then the rest is just like tweaking around an event. Okay. So if you have the water, you have food, you have shelter, clothing, water, and fuel, you have those six things. Then the rest is just like, like I said, just working it around in a specific event, Mm -hmm. which they specify out in this article for instance our plan for earthquake response includes securing your home to withstand some shaking in addition to other items that we have in place to cover all possible possible scenarios that our family is at risk for so this says develop and practice a family emergency plan that's one thing like i don't do i don't talk right. i try not to scare my kids or anything. Yeah, i'll know. talk to my wife a little and she right like She's starting to not think I'm as crazy as yeah. she did maybe a few months ago. Right. So when I first got my AR, I was like, I need to go buy more ammo. And she was like, well, why don't you buy ammo when you go to the range? And mm-hmm. it's just like, well, that's not the point of having my AR is yeah. to shoot ammo at the range. So if I just use it up and then buy it every time I go to the range, that's defeating the purpose of having it. Right. Well, lately, um, I've been kind of pressing the idea that I need, I really want to stock up on ammo more. And so it's gotten to the point where this week she texted me. She was out of town. She texted me. She's like, did you remember to buy ammo this week? I was like, that's that's good. That's, that's a good step to be in. Yeah, um, it is. That's a good spot. No, my and my wife, I mean, when I initially, you know, got a gun, it's like she didn't want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, you know, can you can you take me out shooting and stuff? Right. And it's like, okay. It's like, no, there's an ammo shortage. I know. <laughs> we, can, we can't shoot now. You should have learned this already. Right. <laughs> it's too late now. Uh, so it says build a food supply at your home. Store three months. This one says store three months food supply hmm. of foods that you eat every day, so you can live without going to the store, and then also secure long term survival food, which should uh, sustain you for at least a year. Holy but crap! This food is talking about just like 
bags of rice right. and flour, beans just and beans, yeah. like essentials. If the shit hits the fan, we eat all our other stuff. Right. That's we're gonna have to dig into our our barrel full of white rice, right, and salt <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, obviously, store water, um, and have uh, ways of disinfecting water too, because even if you're storing water, there's potential contamination. Water. Right? Yeah, exactly. If you're not storing it properly, emergency kits. Have a backup plan and tools for living without electricity, including alternative heating, lighting, and cooking. Remember to stock a supply of safety-stored fuels to get you through the crisis. And some of these um, sites are talking about, like, uh, you should, uh, like, start thinking about the possibility of power going out for a year. Right. Like, yeah. months to a year. Yeah. And that's a scary thought. Yeah. Like, like I said, some people, like, are freaking out after eight, right. eight days of yeah. no power. And talking a year. Right. And we were, I mean, again, you know, we were without power for 10 days, mm -hmm. you know, and we, I mean, we did fine. Right. You know, so. Um, develop procedures to deal with interruptions in public utilities, including water, sewer. I never even thought of like sewer. Like what, it, right. what happens if sewer goes bad? Yeah. That's contamination. That's um, right. disease. That's all kinds of things. Right. If, if you're not willing to go dig a hole in your backyard to do your business in. Right. I mean, garbage pickup, like people don't know what to do if your garbage ain't right. getting picked up every oh, yeah. week. If I, I mean, forget to take my cans to the road, I'm like freaking well, out. <laughs> and after the Draco, how much rotten food was left sitting yeah. on the side of the road? Right. So. I mean, potential disease, potential mm -hmm. of. I ended up taking some to the office and throwing it in the dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I hope her boss doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> Uh, financial preparedness, including emergency fund in the bank, cash and small bits secured in home, and perhaps a modest stash of precious metals. That's one thing. I don't have much of a savings. The, well, the price of gold is insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard that yeah, you should carry probably about, um, was it uh, like three months salary, like built into your, like hidden in your house somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. There's no I way I could do that. No, so. I don't have that. At all. <laughs> but again, I'm thinking worst case scenario, say like, you know, you know, EMP or, or yeah. government returns, who's going to take cash anyway? Yeah. What's money going to be worth? Right. It's not going to be worth jack shit. Yeah. You know? A lot of my money is going towards the ammo and towards right. the food and stuff. That's actually yeah. going to be a value. Because Things that you, you may be able to trade, you know, like right. a box of, of nine millimeter for <laughs> food no. or something. I'm I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Now, um, so here's some of the scenarios. Like I said, there's earthquakes, extreme winter storms. That's something we should be concerned about here because if no like joke. something like the derecho hit well, here, yeah, and it was dead winter when it's like 20 below. Oh out. yeah, no, that would have been a that would have been a tragedy. Yeah, holy crap. Oh yeah, flooding, heat wave, hurricanes. We don't have to really worry about landslides or mudslides, tornadoes. We do have tornadoes, but again, that's not my topic today right. not something we're worried about we're Tsunamis, talking more man-made volcanoes i mean there is the super volcano that's gonna erupt yeah. at any point we'll, we'll have bigger problems if that happens okay so outbreaks pandemic outbreaks so i think this came out actually in 2018 so this was okay. before even covid was a thought oh, okay well to us, to us. normal people yeah, right. not the people not creating it in the lab a pandemic is a widespread epidemic of contagious disease we know that um, throughout history, we don't need the history of pandemics. Um, pandemics are no longer contained geographically. We, we, we learned that, that out. <laughs> really quick. 
So preparing to deal with the effects of a pandemic involve much more than dealing with flu symptoms. It could uh, drastically alter our way of life. Mitigate the risk of pandemic to your family by implementing these suggestions. Number one is strengthen your immune system. Um, the best way you could prepare for something like this right. is eating healthy, exercising, right. all that stuff. Be proactive with your medical care. Be up to date with yeah. everything. Um, I mean, I'm not the healthiest eater and I don't exercise that much, but yeah. I feel like I'm probably not doing too bad compared right. to some people. Um, prepare to self-quarantine for as long as necessary. Like this is, uh, like I said, pre-COVID, this was not even really right. a thought in people's mind. And self-quarantine or mandated quarantine, nobody really even understood the concept of mandatory uh, right. quarantine before, what, March of this year? Right. So preparing to self-quarantine or mandatory mandated quarantine would include, like I said, the multiple days of food stocked mm -hmm. up, multiple days of right. um, anything that you need to, to get by, the toilet paper right. that apparently 38% think is the most essential thing. That's why they flocked to the stores and bought up all the toilet paper. Right. Secure your home to protect against uninvited guests. This is going to pop up in every single one of these. Right. If you're staying at home, secure it. How do you secure a house like this, though, that's like windows all the way around? Right. I got giant bay window on the front. And it's just like, well, am I going to board up that giant bay window on right. the front of my house? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm in town, and there's only so much I can do in town. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could secure your property if you had property, but yeah. a house full of windows, that's a hard thing. When you don't have right. money like the freaking baby boomers do to like build mm -hmm. safe rooms and stuff like that in their house. Right. Yeah, shutters or, you know, yeah. Mm. You know, you'd have to... The big steel drop-down window <laughs> yeah, that you see exactly. in movies. Yeah. I, I know I had tried to t figure out like, okay, you know, where would I get wood to like, you know, board up windows and mm. doors and stuff. and. Yeah. And that's why I just came to the conclusion it'd be better just to get the hell out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you're deeper in town than I am. So. Right. Um, it says stock up on masks, gloves, and disinfectants. Um, the things you couldn't find. Right. When they went COVID fast. hit. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't even find Germex. Right. Medications like you said you stocked up on, like mm -hmm. pain relievers, um, vitamins and supplements and things like that. Right. Um. Purchase a quality medical reference book to help diagnose and treat illness. That's not a bad idea. That isn't. I thought of, um, and I I read this years ago. Like people downloading on just like a Kindle, just a bunch of different reference books mm -hmm. and stuff. Again, if the power goes out, that's only going to last you so right. long. Yeah. But it's easier to store a bunch of information that's already pre-downloaded versus right. having to go to Google when if the internet's down, you can't go to Google. So get like a Kindle or mm -hmm. an e-reader of some sort and download a bunch of these reference books or like yeah. prepper guides and things. Say you don't have time to learn all these skills. Well, download a bunch of books right. that will tell you like what the nuts and berries are or will right. tell you how to feel dress a deer or things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Which, and you know, like, um, you know, during the Draco, you know, we used, you know, we just would charge our phones in our car, mm -hmm. you know, as much as possible. Um, that was the only way we could really keep, you know. Yeah. So, and again, yeah. we didn't have internet, but I mean, like you said, anything that we could store on there, we had. So. Oh, yeah. Your car is basically a generator. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a generator, just get one of those um, converters. Right. If you don't have a power converter for your vehicle, definitely invest the 20 bucks to get one of those. Yeah. So you can at least like charge your phone, plug in yeah. small things. But, you know, and again, even if you have a generator, 
you know, how long is that fuel going to last? Exactly. You know, if you're not storing fuel, which only stores for like up to three months if you're not treating it. And if you are treating it, it only lasts up to a year. Exactly. I did watch videos on how to properly store fuel. So that's something you should probably look into too. But again, um, Mm -hmm. let's say you stored like 50 gallons of fuel. I mean, that takes up a considerable amount of space in your home. Yeah. And not to mention, it's not safe to probably right. have in, yeah. like in your basement. And if someone else figures out you have it, they're going to want to take well, that, it. And that's what, like two tanks of gas? Right, yeah. That's only getting you so far. How many times is that going to fill up your generator? Right. I don't know how big, it, even like a five-gallon, yeah. 10-gallon generator, that's five and, times filled I up. I mean, we had neighbors, they kept their generator running like like 24 hours a day yeah. to keep their refrigerator going. Right. So. Yeah, don't do that. No. So the next one I want to hit, there was um, terrorist attacks, which I didn't want to cover that too much. The one thing that they did mention that I, I think everyone should probably look into getting, and I know you have an old one, is a gas mask or a oh, NBC-type yeah. mask yes. or, a, or at least like a HIPAA filter or something like mm-hmm. that mask. It's hard to find those for kids, though. Yeah, but you can get like filter HIPAA filter HIPAA filter masks. I think they're a little bit more common now than yeah. they were like a year ago. Yeah, I bet so, because it's something that people are actually thinking about now. So then, um, there's the long-term grid down event, which is the big one that we were talking about. Right. If the power goes down long-term, it says a long-term grid down event may result from a variety of scenarios. They talk about a cyber attack against the grid, which is highly possible. We have a very... As you can say, our infrastructure in the United States is horrible. It's crap. Yeah, yeah it's so outdated. Yeah. And it's so, like, susceptible to attack. And the fact that nobody has, has you know, even approached that is mm-hmm. ridiculous to me. Well, it says um, U.S. Air Force Electromagnetic Defense Task Force. I didn't know that was a thing. Me neither. Um, in 2018, cool. established that an attack against the power grid is viable is a viable threat and urged American people to prepare for an extended grid down of event. That's scary. Yeah, when when somebody like that comes out and says that in the military, it's just like, well, that and and that no one's scary. paying attention to it. Yeah. You know, so, uh, an EMP like you talked about. A solar flare, even something yeah. like a solar flare could take out our entire system. Yeah. Well, and now they have, they've made made it a much more uh, accessible, and you can create your own even, mm-hmm. but, you know, like a like a storage box that will protect against an EMP. Yeah. You know, well, that you talking, can put your stuff in. I think one of these <clears throat> that I get into, or I have pulled up, but I we're not going to have time to get into all this stuff I have, mm-hmm. like this one on how to prepare for an EMP. And one of the things it said was um, stick... Your electronics, or like a, um, if you have like a, an emergency radio, like a battery powered emergency radio, mm-hmm. store it in a microwave, an old microwave. Oh, nice. Like not plugged in microwave, and that that should protect it. Or like you said, there's different um, bags that you can put them in, right. or these boxes that you can make. Yeah, to- they're they're much more accessible now than they used to. And and creating your own boxes is is not hard to do. There's yeah. some good videos online that I've looked up. Yeah. Um, let me look up what those are called, so you can at least. Know it to look up. Like I said, um, we can't get through all of this. Yeah, it's like takes like chicken wire and some aluminum foil, and I mean it's not hard to do. Okay, so preparing for an EMP or any any grid down scenario. Um, again, build a supply of water and food. This one says store at least two weeks of supply of water and food, which, like we said, it could be longer. Right. The assumption is they'll have the grid up and going within two weeks. Not with an EMP. Oh, no, I know Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Yeah. EMP takes out everything. Yeah. It takes out the things that, that fix the grid. 
Um, this says store at least two weeks supply of water and three months supply of food. Consider ways you will be able to cook food you store. Sheltering options. Again, that's one of the the six main survival right. things. Shelter. And that's not even anything I really looked into. Like if you don't have a means of shelter, if you are looking to get out of Dodge, you better have some form of shelter, especially right. in the cold months. It's November yeah. here. Right. If something happens and it's twenty below out, a tent's yeah. not gonna cut it. Right. Um develop a list, a prioritized list of things that can be accomplished in a short time after it occurs. Um sanitation we talked about build or purchase um a power loss alarm that will alert you when the grid is lost invest in good radios here we go um says use only one radio system at a time making sure that other systems are protected so if you have like a cb or a, mm -hmm. a ham radio use them one at a time like take them out of their storage thing right. that we're talking about they are called a faraday device that's it faraday like a Faraday cage, yeah. Um, an old microwave. Uh, you can get Faraday bags or other appropriate Faraday cage devices or designs. So again, look up that if you. Mm -hmm. It's something that you feel like you want to invest in or build your own. I mean, look up a Faraday cage or Faraday device. Mm -hmm. And again, they're easy to build. It says keep bicycles and other alternative means of transportation on hand. So if because right. like you said cars these days are all ran on computers mm -hmm. the EMP hits the car is gone it's not going to run right so have some form of transportation <clears throat> invest in a good variety of tools like hand tools and learn how to use them that's a big thing these days yeah. a lot of people don't know how to use hand tools mm -hmm. so um yeah ha have some of these things on hand just this is stuff that i mean it would probably be good to have just in case anyway yeah. Not necessarily like the EMP Faraday bag, but like tools or mm -hmm. or transportation. And, and something that I've heard uh, a lot of preppers talk about is always have like three modes for everything. Like have like um, three modes of like communication if need right. be, right? You know, cell phone, obviously. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times they said like even if you can't get calls going out, text messages will go out um, mm -hmm. because those are like lower priority. You know, CB, ham radio. Have three uh, methods of making a fire, you know, lighter, matches, um, magnesium, mm -hmm. you know, three mo you know, three different ways of getting water, you know, bottled water, you know, a filter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, three kinds of food, you know, just three, you know, three modes of everything so that if something goes down, you have backups to your backup. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that is on my priority list of things to figure out is communication mm -hmm. because... We rely so much on these stupid right. cell phones. Yeah. And I mean And again, we saw firsthand right. our cell strength our cell signal went down for what a day and a half and it was just like Yeah, what the hell do we do? It wasn't that I needed to get on Facebook or right. anything. It was just like trying to communicate. Yeah, because like, I knew you went down to Iowa City looking for yeah. generators or uh chainsaws. Right. And you disappeared for like six hours and it's yeah. just like I don't have no way of knowing right. if you right. got and stuck somewhere. I or... wanted to check in on you and, you know, other other friends. And, yeah, I ended up just driving to your house yeah. to, like, see how things were going right. because I had no other way to reach out to you. Right. So, yeah, communication. Um, I was pricing some radios at, um, I think it was Fleet Farm the other yeah. day. And there was some 
hundred mile max range ones really? for like a hundred bucks. And I was just like, really at Fleet Farm? Yeah, nice. Yeah, Fleet Farm has everything. Yeah. If you've never been there, go to Fleet Farm. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Um, so I've also looked into, obviously, if things go bad post-election, like sooner than later, which I don't predict necessarily that they will. Yeah. But it's like, it's too late now to learn a new skill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. If like, you don't know it by now, you're not going to learn It's too late if it does yeah. go down sooner. But um, uh, I, I was looking up some uh, ham radio yeah. operator classes that oh, yeah. you can take online. And they're they're not that expensive. I think it was like really? seventy five bucks or That's something cool. like that. It was like a four day crash course. It was like That's six hours bad. a day or something like that. So, and then um, you get your ham radio because you have to have a license to right. operate a ham yeah. radio. Which if the shit hits the fan, are they going to come looking for your license? <laughs> right. Ham yeah. Radio? Exactly. But still, just to learn the knowledge of how to operate something mm-hmm. like that, that wouldn't be susceptible to other problems right. like um, loss of cell phone, loss mm-hmm. of internet, or Loss of phone signal because those things just work through anything. Every yeah. prepper that you see in the movies has a ham radio. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Or even a CB radio would be something to yeah. consider investing in. Something that really came in handy for uh, my family during the Draco is I have a um, it's a solar powered uh, weather radio. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's so another thing. Was... yeah, so I, it took it takes batteries, but it's also got solar and it's also got a hand crank. crank. And it's got so it's got a flashlight and then it had the radio on it, so nice. it was kind of. You know, we were able to listen to music while we cooked out and stuff, and then. But I also, and it had USB ports on it, so I could charge my phone off it if oh, okay. I wanted to. And yeah, it's pretty handy. Yeah, I might have to invest in something like that. Just having the ability to hear what's going on outside—it right. like, goes a long way. If all the radio stations and all the media goes down, right. you don't have a fucking clue what the other side of the country is going right. on there. It could be completely gone for all, yeah. all you know. Well, I used to watch this. Uh, show i can't think of it it's colony i think is what oh yeah yeah. no yeah. it wasn't colony it wasn't was that the one where there was the emp and yeah that yeah no no no. that was uh was it revolution or um no colony was the only one yeah yeah, was, yeah, yeah. so it, yeah it was something like that where yeah it was like nanobots or something like that took out right. all the power and all the grid and they just basically went back to like mm-hmm. pre-electric times and like most of them didn't know like what was going on on the other right. side of the country because they had no way of knowing. Like, did they just get destroyed? Yeah. What's going on in Europe or what's going on? Like, is the other side of the country even affected by this? Like, yeah. you wouldn't know if right. part the other side of the world was affected by this or if it was just localized or so. Like just having that that radio would at least as long as the radio services are up, you'd at least right. have some kind of knowledge of what's going yeah. on. And you know, a lot of the the AM radio stations, you know, they're they're more of a, you know, more of a national base. Well, that's because so. AM reaches right. You could let on a forever clear night, you can listen to a, a station from California if yeah. you wanted to. No, I, I've listened to a Steelers game before. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, things to have on hand: communication. Yeah. I think. Be- aside from the essential life-saving essentials, communication would be another right. thing. Yeah, and we we talked about I mean forming a, a network, so we were able to you know talk through CB if we need to if something were to happen, so that mm-hmm. we could you know have a rendezvous pl- part place out of town. Right. Know? So yeah, that was. Um, I wish we had more time because I had quite a few things that we haven't even touched on. Um, Wanted to talk about like the possibility because you mentioned your bug out bag. We had mm-hmm. a couple things about a bug out bag list. 
one thing that you mentioned, like I wanted to form like a contingency plan. Like my biggest thing of what I, I'm don't know what the point would be. And I haven't figured out, like, I know kind of the direction I'm going to go if something right. happens. And, um, I want to network with like-minded people. Yeah. Like, get a small group that might be pushing the same direction. Yeah. But the the question is like when do you pull the trigger? When right. is too soon? Like you right. get those really crazy people like when Y2K happened and they heard like Alex Jones on the radio and they right. immediately like left oh, their yeah. homes and headed for the hills. Yeah, oh yeah. I I know that's one close to me that I mean they in what 99, I mean they moved into the mountains mm-hmm. of the Ozarks and built like this solid house with their own garden and and <laughs> right. invested in all kinds of ammunition and stuff because they were ready for Y2K. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I mean, at least he's prepared for the worst, right. I guess, but like I said, like if you're living in town and you're looking to bug out or something, yeah. when do you pull that trigger? When's too right. soon? When's too late? Cuz yeah. there's a point when it's just like, well shit, it's too late. Right. Can't get out. The yeah. roads are closed or right traffic shot or yeah or what what have you so um yeah. forming a plan like that um talk to your neighbors or talk to people around you that mm-hmm. that might have a plan or are like-minded and form this plan of like like i said like you were saying like where where are you going to go right i mean it's not like are you going to drive to that those people's house and pick them all up or are you going to meet at a certain point right. yeah what if that point there's something wrong there and you can't go there? Are you gonna right. have like a method, like a right plan B or plan B? Like how do you communicate? Yeah, that? are I you mean, gonna have signals? Are right. you gonna leave like a a scrap of like red cloth, meaning it's bad? <laughs> a green cloth? I mean, those are it, valid concerns. You laugh, but yeah, I right. mean, at some point, if you have no means of communication, you got to signal somehow. Hey, right. this is dangerous. Don't go here. Yeah. Or we're moving on. Yeah. Or like time frame like how long do we stay at this rally point right. before we move on to the next do you right. wait 24 hours do you wait for everyone right. to show up yeah what if they don't show up right do you go back for them i yeah. mean yeah it's yeah it's it, a whole thing it, it, <laughs> like i said risk mitigation but risk assessment you know like making this plan knowing yeah. these things i i don't have this figured out no i don't these either are, i'm asking you these questions <laughs> i know and, and because and i have these questions as you're asking i'm like oh yeah that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like i i don't know yeah um i'm not like i said as i'm reading through all this stuff and i also had a conversation with a friend of mine who was in the military he was a an infantryman in the military and has a background um and he's actually a listener to the show, too. And he was throwing out, like, this stuff with, like, the plan A, rally points to plan B. Right. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, right, <laughs> I, right. I need to figure all this stuff out. <laughs> and so. Yeah. But um, it's worth figuring out. Yeah. And especially um, if things get way out of hand or to the point where, like, civilization collapses, community is the only way we're you're going to, you're not going to oh, survive yeah. on your own. You no. might survive, but it's not like. Yeah. Humanity's well, going to survive yeah. because of you. Right, exactly. So community, knowing people with skills that you don't have. Right. Knowing people that don't have skills that you do have. Right. So trusting someone to, you know, have your back. Right. Because there there will be, you know, safety in numbers. Yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely. So those are all things. But before we wrap it up, we're kind of getting low on time. Um, some suggestions for um, bug out bags. We might have to do a second episode. I on think we're gonna because, have to. Maybe next week we well, can continue. Like, okay, so you bug out now? What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, 
Next week, maybe, unless something happens, maybe we'll plan for that. If you don't want to hear it and you're like, this is crazy, and but, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I think everybody should yeah. hear that. I don't I, think anybody's going to be like, this is completely no. off base And if point. you have something that, you know, you have planned that, you know, we haven't talked about, you know, mention it in the comments because we'd love to hear it. You know, this right. is something that, like Craig said, we're talking through to each other as we're talking to you. So. Right. So this talks about... I'll pull this up. Like different levels of bags. Um, you got your 20 pound bag, your 35 pound bag, and your 45 pound bag based on how long you're planning on being gone. I would just plan for the worst and have the 45 pound bag, the level three right. bag. Yeah. I would just, I mean, what's going to hurt? You have too much, right? Too much yeah. saved. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, it's going to be a little heavier. I mean, that's the worst, the most you have to lose. Yeah. So I would just plan and all these, like, these different levels just add on as you go. So let me pull this up. You got level one, two, and three, but we're just going to say you probably should have all this stuff. So you got your first aid kit. We we know what that is. Don't have to talk about that much. Um, says 27 to 32 ounces of potable water stored. So you're talking like a camelback or something like that. Okay. I mean, yeah, we talked about stashing. 12 to 120 gallons, depending on the site you look at. But right. if you're bugging out, you're not going to be able to carry no 120 gallons of water. So you better have like a pack and you better have a means of sanitizing like river water or something like right. that, because you're, you're not going to load a hundred gallons of water right. into your truck. Yeah. Um, so fire starter, it says ferro rod fire starter and striker, which I did go out and buy one of those actually a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah I those, got like, one too. Flint strike things. Um, Stormproof matches, AA, AAA batteries, extra batteries for your flashlights, for your um, communication and stuff like that. Water filter, like I said, battery charger, um, purification tablets. So a lot of these are based on your main basic survival. Right. Like focus primarily on those six basic right. survival things. Yeah. Um, so like, how are you filtering your water? Are you are you filtering it? Are you putting chemicals in it to to sanitize it? Mm -hmm. how, how are you getting your water? Um, a tent, so shelter again. So mm -hmm. I did say that if it's cold, a tent's not going to be enough. Right. But you at least need a tent. You have yeah. to have should have something, and yeah. then you can have a fire nearby or mm -hmm. extra blankets. And you can fortify that tent too with you know like yeah. branches you find around yeah. oh, or yeah. whatever else you know to kind of insulate. Um, sleeping bags. Mm -hmm. And I got one of those you know badass like subarctic you know infantry bags from my dad, so it's like good for like yeah like thirty I need to below. Get, I've got a cold weather bag, but it's a mummy bag, so mm -hmm. it's so tight around you that it like starts to work unzipped if you move too much. So okay. then you just get cold. So it defeats <laughs> the purpose of it. Cause I've I've gone out when it's like um, in the the single digits in mm -hmm. camp before in the snow and I froze my ass off. Mm -mm. Uh, hand sanitizer is a good thing to keep mm -hmm. on hand. Um, it talk, I mean they do mention like knives, like a field knife. Yeah. But one thing you don't think of is a knife sharpener. Right. Like, uh, yes. Knife's eventually going to go yeah. dull. Yeah. And this mentions Tinder. Um, a good trip trick I learned or heard about was um, cotton balls. Um, like with a, a Vaseline okay. wrapped around it and keep them in like a Ziploc bag. Or and dryer I, lint's another good one too. What is it? Dryer lint. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dryer lint dryer or lint. like, um, like a steel wool. Yeah. I always so. have like the fire, like a pack of those fire starters. Yeah. But I mean, those only last so long. But yeah. 
like any kind of tinder because yeah you can have all the wood around you you want but if you can't if you don't have any kind of tinder then you're kind of screwed right a tarp is an amazing thing to have yes <clears> i actually just bought a new one i need to get a new one i think mine's pretty i just up. loaded up on uh, paracord duct tape and uh tarp i did buy paracord <laughs> i have duct tape yeah. i need to get a tarp and i did buy one of those fire starters <clears throat> obviously one of my main concerns is cold weather gear, especially yes. now, but yeah. anytime, like even in the summer, you should know where it is in case, cause you don't know when you're coming. Well, back. And, and I think both you and I have both talked about going North. Yeah. Rather exactly. than South. Yeah. Because everybody's going to go everyone's South. Everyone's going South. <laughs> and Canada is closer than Mexico. <laughs> exactly. And safer. And safer. And the Canadians aren't going to do much. Yes. Um, Camping soap. Like I said, uh, cold weather gear, I have like knockoff Carhartt coveralls, mm -hmm. car, knockoff Carhartt jacket. I use, I have thick gloves, like winter gloves. I have yeah. thick, heavy uh, winter boots that I just bought this year because mm -hmm. mine were getting to the point where they needed replaced. Um, hiking boots. If you don't have hiking boots, get if, you, if you're going to bug out, don't throw on the Crocs. Don't throw <laughs> on the freaking Chuck Taylors. Right. I know it's not stylish. Throw on the damn hiking boots. Right. Yeah. Throw on your Keens or whatever you have. Yeah. Or any heavy boot or shoe. Yeah. Something solid that if you're gonna have to walk, it's gonna hold up. Don't yeah. don't throw on some bullshit. Yeah. Be smart. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then like the basic clothing, like underwear and socks. Mm -hmm. have, you should have probably four or five pairs. Yeah. On hand. Right. And and detergent. Right. And you know. Or some sort of form of soap. Right. And deodorant. I mean. You know, things that you wouldn't think that are necessary, but like keeping some bleach on hand, uh -huh. you know, is Bleach good. goes a long way for sanitizing. Absolutely. Put a, I mean, I remember we would sanitize our canteens and boot camp with straight mm -hmm. bleach, mm -hmm. and then your water would taste like bleach for the rest of the week, and yeah. you wonder if this is the day you're going to die. But <laughs> um, it goes a long ways for like hand sanit or for sanitizing yeah. stuff and for um, frosting your tips. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. So, yeah, I mean, there's a whole list here. Oh, yeah. Ammo yes. is one, is a big thing. If, you, if, if you're not a believer in firearms, but you want to be a prepper, become a believer in firearms. I'm sorry, whether it's hunting, self-defense, yeah. anything like that, become a believer in firearms. You, yeah. you should be. You should have something just in case. I don't think it's going to save your life. Yeah. If the shit hits the fan, but it, I mean, it, it, it could. could. Yeah. And, uh, you know, other things is, um, um, for hunting wise, you know, a, a good, like, um, pellet gun or BB yeah. gun is a good way to save on ammo. You right. Know, and it'll, it'll help with small game. I have a high power, um, airsoft pistol that I know would put a BB through in and out of a freaking squirrel's yeah. skull because, <laughs> I've shot through multiple soda cans and into the drywall with it before. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea to have. Um, ammo, I guess, if you're not stocking up on ammo and you are a believer in firearms, yeah, it's a bad time to start stocking up, I found, because I started yeah. stocking up probably a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And, man, the stores, the, most of the places that sell it, Especially like five, five, six, or nine mil, the the popular rounds. Yeah, you're only allowed like two boxes at a time. Really? Which I think Fleet Farm is like two or three boxes a day or something like that. Mm. But the the shooting range up here, um, it's two boxes of any ammo. 
every two weeks you can buy. Oh, you can wow. only buy ammo every two weeks, two yeah. boxes. So if you need shotgun or five, five, six, you can only buy like one of each. I think they bumped it up to three this okay. week, though. So I think I bought three. And that's weeks. something I need is I don't have, I mean, I have shotguns, you know, yeah. I have handguns, you know, I got a, you know, an M1 Grand. I got a black powder gun, <laughs> but I don't ass. have like a, like a primary, you know, like an AR or something yeah. like that. That's something yeah. I need. Maybe right. this, I need, maybe for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can buy them cheap. I bought mine cheap. Yeah. Like I, I, I have an AR and a shotgun and I mm-hmm. think together the two could probably do any kind of self-defense I needed it to, but, yeah. <clears throat> but you can run, th- roll through hundred rounds of ammo on a range scenario. You can run through a hundred rounds of ammo in an hour. Easy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Easy. Yeah. Um, so imagine in like, a life or death situation, especially when your nerves are shot, you're not hitting everything right. that you're supposed to. You're probably, if you don't know what you're doing, you're spraying a lot of that ammo, I'm sure. Right. So, yeah. Um, stock up on ammo, stock up on food, water. Yeah. The necessities. Yeah. Right. Good. You know, like you said, like flour, um, you know, um, Bisquick, yeah. you know, um, yeah. Easy like stuff easy that you can stuff. carry yeah. around that'll last forever. Right, that you stuff can with make like a lots shelf of, life of like ten years. Right, yeah, you can you know make some biscuits or something you know, and that'll you know get you through a day. So, and one thing I, I we've talked about it before. One, if if it's later than sooner, get into some of these like skills, like more yeah. um, like self sustaining skills, yeah. like homesteading. I know a friend that's a homesteader, and he's like looking to put like solar panels and be like completely self-sustaining um i know some people that do like chickens and gardening and just anything that can make you a little canning preserving food a little more self-sustaining so when shit does hit the fan or the grocery stores go do go down you have a way to survive Mm -hmm. learn skills like don't depend on other people to sustain your life because there's going to come a point where it's not going to be there. Yeah. And physical fitness is big. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and just like trying to develop physical and mental toughness. Right. And something I've done in the last three weeks is, which kills me, but I've started taking cold showers. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Ugh. That sucks. Well, you know, if the power goes down, or I know. <laughs> you might have to. Yeah. Like we lost hot water for two weeks when our basement was getting gutted. And yeah. I had to do cold showers for two weeks straight. Ugh. Yeah, it was miserable. Um, so yeah, the problem is when this happens, you're out of time. Right. There's no going back. Exactly. There's no stocking up and like we we found out when a small crisis hit like the derecho. It's like, yeah. well, shit, I didn't stock up on this. It's too late now. Right. So when a big crisis hits, yeah. you're not ready. That's yeah. too late. Right. I, I I'm not here to scare the shit out of people and make like fear-mongering or anything like that. But yeah. at some point in your life, something's going to happen that's yeah. going to make you a little uncomfortable. You know, you're if you live in a city, you know, you want to get out of the city. Right. And, you know, if you have a friend that has some property in the country, you know, or, or you know, that that's your best bet. You know, and I, my sister lives in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I told her, you know, cause she was talking to me and I was like, do you know anybody that lives outside the city? And she's right. like, I have a friend that has a farm you know, like 20 minutes out. I said, okay, ask her if you can come out. If something were to happen, that that could be your rally point. And I said, that start there. Yeah. So a little tip that a source of mine brought up and I'd never thought of it before. If everything goes out the window, 
state or national parks are on their own individual grid. They're usually surrounded by protected like wildlife. You got everything right there. There's right. usually out there's buildings that you can shelter up in if you needed to. If all else fails, you didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. Head to a park. Head to like especially if you're in like Colorado or somewhere right. like that, you could get completely Isn't lost that what in they did park. in uh, Red Dawn? <laughs> I don't remember. It's been a long time. I think they hit out in a national park. Yeah. So Yeah. I don't there's not too many here in Iowa, but in no. other places, especially like in Colorado, Wyoming and places like that. Man, you got endless resources around right. you. So I'm not saying break into a national park, but I'm saying <laughs> if all else fails, break into a national park. <laughs> or if if you just don't I mean, maybe that's your contingency plan. I I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah, right. If that's your contingency plan, look, um, my 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 friend's farm though is still tied to has a title to his name, so people could still track him down if they wanted right. to. Yeah. Nobody's titled to a, a national park, so nobody's going to fucking find me in right. uh, Yellowstone National Park. Right. Maybe that's your contingency plan. Go for it. Whatever works for you. Make a damn plan, because I mean. What's the worst case scenario? You don't need to use it. Right. You have a little extra food. <laughs> yeah. You know, if something you get to the a year from now or 10 years from now and your food's starting to right. expire, you eat the food. That's right. the worst yeah. that happens. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's not a bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have a little extra ammo that you can shoot at the rifle right. range. Yeah. Just like I plan to sit down within soon now. Like I said, if it's sooner than later, then we're all pretty yeah. much fucked right. anyway. Yeah. But- um, I'm planning to like sit down and like plan out some of these things and yeah. figure out like if this were to happen, this would happen. Like yeah. I, I would actually have to sit down with my wife and look like crazier than she already thinks I right. am. Be yeah. like, look, if this happens, like say we're separated, um, I, I'm at work. This is what we're going to do, and this right. is where we're going to go, and this yeah. is where we need to meet up. It's com- communicating it is the mo- is really important because right. if. I mean, what are the odds that you're going to be at home with right. with your family yeah, right. when you're working 50% of the time? Right. So there's you got a 50% chance, if not more, that you're not going to be together right. if something happens. Absolutely. So make a damn plan. Um, then follow through with it. Mm-hmm. Start start making some kind of preparation. Whether your neighbor thinks you're crazy or not, man, you're going to look like the genius come right. when something actually happens. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, we are well over our time here, so we're going to have to take off. I, I, I know I'm really enjoying this because yes. this is the kind of stuff I've been digging in for the last few weeks now. So yeah. I just like, you know, maybe it's time to like put this out there. Yeah. And No, I agree. Like just at least get people thinking mm-hmm. on that page. Like, you know, what would I do if, right. uh, if something happened? If even just like another storm happened that knocked the power out for a week, right. what what do we do? Or yeah. Like you said, the freaking, um, they're starting to shut things back down. People are going out and right. like fear buying the toilet right. paper and stuff. Yeah. Are you, are you ready to battle another, um, round of fighting for toilet paper? Right. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's where it's going. People are going out and start buying that stuff up again. Yeah. It's because people allowed, they, they hit this uncomfortable spot instead mm-hmm. of, learning from it yeah. they it's like get you back into their comfortable routine right it's like okay things are getting back to normal yeah. again it's like you could have possibly used all that toilet paper by now <laughs> seriously <laughs> <think> so. <laughs> man you have some serious problems unless they did get covid <laughs> nah, I guess. but uh we're gonna get out of here we're gonna let you go 
Um, again, if you want to hear more, if you want us to dig more into this stuff, let us know, and um, we can um, dig a little deeper into this. An hour is not nearly enough time to no, like, <laughs> no. Plan, yeah, it's so much about. more material to cover. Yeah, yep. So, um, you guys have a great week. Hopefully, nothing like this happens before our next episode, and you you have to be like, oh fuck, they were right. But <laughs> why uh, isn't part two out? <laughs> yeah, like damn it, I don't know what to do because part two never came out. <laughs> so we'll see you all next week. Um, have a great week. Bye.